0: LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
1: And then, then, he's, then so this convinces the atheist. Mm. He's like, you're right, how do we do this? And Kevin Sorbo says, well, there is no magic spell. All we need to do is say a bunch of words that were written in a book two thousand years ago. <laughs> that and have then we eat some bread that turns into flesh and drink some wine that's turned into blood. But there's no magic spell to this.
2: No, we call it something different than that, or we will feel stupid.
1: <laughs> but it's literally like there's no magic spell. You just have to pre- repeat these precise words after me. <laughs> yeah,
3: right. <laughs> there's no magic spell. Just you know, magic, magic.
4: God awful movie. Movie. Oh.
2: Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema in an effort to ensure that the new Star Wars movie isn't the worst flick that we see this year. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting 989 miles to my right is my good friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, so good of you to rejoin us, sir. Oh, thanks for having me. And sitting to my immediate left is, wait for it, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome
5: <laughs> back, sir. So glad. To be back. I love these movies. Is, it's
2: a way to awesome. welcome a guy back home <laughs> a after a, a month and a half gone. Yeah. Now, we've also got a special guest. Maskus, joining us tonight, sitting 4,182 miles to my east-northeast, is the project director of the Good Thinking Society, the host of Be Reasonable, co-host of the Skeptics with a K podcast, and something or another to do with the Side Skeptics as well, Mike Marshall Marsh. Welcome to God Awful Movies.
1: Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, and well done on the, the math and the geography there of figuring out exactly where I am. I'm very impressed by that. I thought you'd started that gambit, and I didn't think you had anywhere to go, but you've really fulfilled that. <laughs>
2: hey, man, I'll, I'm willing to Google for my guests. Yeah, we Google map all the way. So, <laughs> now before we get to this abominable piece of shit that brought us together, can you tell us what exactly is the Good Thinking Society?
1: Uh, Good thinking. It's a a charity uh, set up by Simon Singh, which is a a full-time sceptical position. Uh, So I'm a a full-time paid sceptic, just about. And uh, it's literally my job to go around questioning stuff and to sort of travel around the country encouraging people to doubt stuff, Uh, which is good because I always tell that to people. And then some people always look at me as if to say, that's not really a job. But I think that just proves how good I am at making people (laughs) doubt stuff.
2: Well said, Ben. Well said. Also, awesome. Um, and as much as we're all dying to talk about Kevin Sorbo's acting chops here, I also wanted to ask you about your podcast, Be Reasonable. Uh, specifically, how you manage to talk to these yammering fucks without spraying them with spittle-laced invective for ten breathless minutes at a stretch. Is that like a British thing? Is that like your national superpower, the ability to talk to these crazy bastards without just yelling crazy bastard at them?
1: I, I think it's partly that, but it's also partly a uh, horrifically cynical ploy. Because I'm sat there thinking, as, as the guests I'm talking to will say uh, more and more out there things, I'm not thinking, God, I've got to shut this person down and tell them that they're wrong. I'm thinking, fuck, this is great radio, man. You, you just carry on. You just carry on. Tell me more about what you think about the Jews. No, please, I'm listening. Your guests
3: are the people-faced
1: scorpion crowns
3: of, of, of the real world. Yeah. I actually have a game – I love Be Reasonable and I have a game that I – I have a friend who has a really hard time controlling his facial expressions. Mm. So my game is to play episodes of Be Reasonable for him <laughs> and just watch his face as people talk because he just oh, – it just hurts him. <laughs> He's just <Yeah>. not okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I get that a lot. And what I get from people is like, oh, God, I love Be Reasonable. I can't listen to it. It's it's, it's such a genius marketing strategy. This is how my podcast is going to take over the world, that it's a a podcast that is so hard to listen to, even its biggest fans can't make it all the way through. (laughs) That is a genuine amazing (laughs) marketing strategy.
2: I'm, I'm glad you said it before I had to. All right, well, enough about you. Now let's get to this bucket of shit that brought us together today. So, Heath, tell us, what will we be breaking down today?
5: All right, we watched What If Ellipsis... It's the story of an angel who tries to trick a rich guy to giving up his job and all his money so that the guy can focus on stalking his high school girlfriend instead. It's <laughs> um, it's kind of like uh, It's a Wonderful Life, except Jimmy Stewart's a highly successful businessman instead of a suicidal poor person, so doesn't really make any sense and also uh clarence the angel is an abusive drunk who is mm. terrible at his job so
1: yeah 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 uh, it should be called should be called you had a wonderful life essentially <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of to summarize what they do to him all the way through
2: it's like it's like the reverse version exactly and eli tell us how bad was this movie
3: so, y- you ever think to yourself, man, I love A Christmas Carol, but I wish it was backwards. I wish it was about a kindly old gentleman who helped people and was successful in business and helped his community, who had a terrible dream and woke up as a piece of shit. If you were ever <laughs> hoping for that, that's what this movie is. This movie is the backwards version of A Christmas Carol, and it makes, it makes so little sense that I feel like they wrote all of the setup, and then they ran out of time for a movie. They were like, oh, shit, we have 90 minutes. But we didn't get to the part where he's supposed where he's supposed to change his mind. <laughs> <laughs> so they just add the last scene where he changes his mind anyways. And they were like, good, good, put it we'll out. We'll They'll watch in. it.
2: All right, well, with all that to look forward to, I think we can afford to pause for a quick break. But when we come back, we'll break down all the what and most of the if. You know, too often on god-awful movies, we get accused of not being open-minded to the messages that these films preach. So we felt like in the name of intellectual honesty, it would only be fair for us to ask the women we dated 15 and a half years ago if they've ever thought about the life that might have been.
3: Hey, uh, Carson, it's Eli. Eli Bosnick. Yeah, from middle school. How are you? Cool. Cool, cool, Leo. So, <laughs> here's the thing. I was wondering, do you ever wonder about us? Uh, like, uh, like about the life we might have had if we might have been. Yeah, sorry, the, the life we might have had, like, if we got married. No, oh, really? Like, not at all? Oh, sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Gay! Well... <laughs> I guess that explains why you didn't want to kiss me at the sixth grade dance, huh? Ha <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was stupid. I got nervous. I don't, that was a stupid thing. That, I'm very happy for you. I, I would vote if I could for that. I, I don't, that was stupid. I'm, okay, so hard no on the thinking about the past. Great? Good. Yeah. I, so if you guys ever, ever make it to this, okay. Yeah, no, you gotta go. Okay, good. Good talk. I love you.
2: Uh, hey, uh, Carol? This is, uh, Noah from high school. Remember me? Yeah. No, that's because, that's because Noah is a pseudonym, but I, I I'm the long haired guy that you dated in, in high school. Uh, yeah. How, how you been? Mm-hmm. No, I saw that on Facebook. And <laughs> here I didn't think there was any part of your face left appears, but, uh, you, you found one. All right. Well, so it, let me kind of cut to the point here. This is going to sound weird, especially since I'm, still married to the girl that i started dating after you but have you ever wondered what life might have been like if we stayed together yeah no i i don't i don't know why you would think about that i was just asking because um you remember cliff from cheers you know what never mind never mind i'm not even gonna get into it but uh well i got you on the line i wanted to let you know that i got way better at fucking since then like way better you know so no, I I mean I still do that sometimes but not by accident. Like I ask permission first.
5: Hi, Christine. It's Heath. Yeah, Heath from from high school. Exactly. Exactly. Um Yeah, so uh the reason I'm calling a so, um, couple of things actually. First of all, wanted to let you know that I know it's not a myth and I found it. Yeah. Yeah. You remember when you told me to call you if I ever managed to find the, the Yeah, yeah, well I found it and I'm calling. I know, I know exactly where you said it would be, right on the crest. Who knew? Anyway, the other reason I called, I was wondering if you ever think about how things could have been different. Yeah, you you know, like if we had stayed together since high school. Yeah, no, no, I, I know it's weird, but yeah, I was thinking maybe we could start getting to know each other again. Okay, great. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So, um, where to begin? Uh... You still pro choice? Hello? Excellent. So here's my problem,
2: here's my honest one. Um hey baby, it's me. Do we uh do we need eggs? And we're back for the breakdown and I have to say that we were about two notes of music into this movie, still looking at a black screen when I realized that I hated it. Mm. Why do all the Christian movies have the same fucking soundtrack? Anyway, so we're going to start at a uh, run-down, bum-infested bus station. Uh, That's where the (laughs) all the action of this movie is going to be. And like an
3: old-timey
2: bus station. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Everything else in this movie is modern, except I feel like they had to fire a set builder on his third day. Like, they came in, and they were like, so you're going to be doing all the sets? And he was like, so here's the bus station. They were like, dude, this movie's set now. And he was like... (laughs) (laughs) No, I read the script. This can't be set now.
1: (laughs) I I thought it had, like, a post-apocalyptic kind of feel. I thought this was, like, a a Mad Max kind of thing, because everyone just looks kind of grubby and dirty, and the lighting kind of thought It was, like, kind of Fallout (laughs) or something. Yeah, it was the Fallout 4 of
5: bus (laughs) stations. Yeah. Basically, a movie opens... Bus station where, as far as I can tell, the Great Depression is still taking place. Like, the entire Depression happened. there's, There's, like, hobos walking around with bags tied to sticks. There's tumbleweed rolling. Dickensian orphans running around having coal fights. Um and and then we get Hercules, who is going to be the main character
2: of this movie, and Kevin I, Sorbo. Yeah, and I just want to point out because we're going to have to plant a flag here and come back to it a couple of times. This movie takes place over a 23 year <laughs> period.
5: Yeah, <laughs> <No. laughs> that's true. And
2: they never make any effort whatsoever to make anyone look younger or older. These guys are just perpetually 46. Oh, I I I
3: take strong issue with that. Strong issue with that, and I will tell you why. Because they painted him orange yeah. for this first season. <laughs> that is exactly what they were like. High Young school people orange. are orange. <laughs> Good. Let's shoot it. Yeah, and that's, that's Kevin there.
1: I, I, I can't help referring to him as Kevin Saulbeer because I find him like increasingly surprisingly bitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, of
5: course, we also have Buffy. Yeah, we meet Christy Swanson Who looks like a bruised pear In this scene (laughs) Oh shit, was she the
1: original Buffy? That's where I know her from Yeah, that's the original Buffy
5: She's apparently crying She looks like Steven Tyler Having an allergic reaction to something (laughs) Fun
3: Fun fact She is the pyramid shape That Ben Carson was talking about That he figured out That
2: they were grain silos
3: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people don't know that That's where he got that from, her perfect pyramid shape in this movie.
2: So basically the setup here is that uh, they're at the bus station. Hercules is leaving for some business thing for eight months, but he's going to be back, and she's sad because she's not sure, and maybe he's going to change his mind about joining the ministry. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Did did you notice that the the first line, it says, hey, it's just eight months. And during the first line, there's a fucking random reversing noise that they've got going in there. It's the first line of the film, and they've got some truck noise reversing in it. It's like the worst production of all time.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I, after some of the movies we've watched, this like I honestly I was so pleased with the production quality of this movie.
5: We just oh, got this done. This was, with, was like, fucking Avatar. Mediocre.
3: <laughs> this was Avatar. The camera panned between two people, and I was like, "Whoa! <laughs> this might have been a fucking 3D movie." For
2: four weeks of Russ <laughs> yeah Sweet no Jesus. Shit. Yeah, so we might be coming at this one from slightly different places, mm.
1: Marsh. I think so. I'm not used to the output of Pure Flicks Entertainment. That's the, uh, that's the studio. Pure <laughs> Flicks Entertainment, despite it having pure in the name, it still sounds like a porn studio. I don't know how they've managed to achieve that, despite calling themselves Pure Flicks Entertainment.
3: Because they call it Flicks with an X, yeah. which mm-hmm. is only for porn. Yeah.
1: And it's <laughs> normally. Only, and it's directed by Dallas Jenkins, who has to be a porn star. There's no other reason you have that name. <laughs>
3: You don't see Dallas Jenkins not covered in your
4: at <laughs> point in your line. Very
3: um, rare, only at the beginning of the scene. And in the in this scene, he gives she gives him a Bible. Mm.
4: Yeah, yeah, no. yep. Christian he movie. He says bingo.
3: he says it's beautiful. Mm. I have a very nice Bible. I have one of those like Barnes and Noble collector edition Bibles. They're
1: that it's lo- lovely. It's But it, I would never say it's beautiful I, I think it, it looks so average I think she just bought it at whatever shitty bookshop Was at the bus depot She's like oh shit I've got to give you something So she's kind of whatever she gets to hand Because it looks like it's just, it's such a piece of shit And then there's a little shitty like ribbon stuck Like a rosette ribbon stuck on it To make a kind of an effort to make it look like a gift
3: Yeah it's the Toblerone of books
1: <laughs> Have
3: some chocolate shaped like a triangle yeah, I was
1: once in Milan airport And they have a, a vending machine filled with flowers and I just love the idea of getting your flowers out of a vending machine. What that says about that whatever relationship you're trying to express through flowers—that like you took five years in a vending you, machine. I want to fuck
2: but not that bad. That's—I yeah. think that's the message you're sending at that point. It shoots out a little card as well that goes
4: meh. <laughs> <laughs> attached
3: to it. But here's the crazy thing: so he gives, she gives him the Bible, and then. Thirty seconds later, they sit down, he puts the Bible on his back, thirty seconds later he gets up and walks away without the Bible. That's like a brain damage problem. It's not (laughs) like a it's supposed to be like, oh, he's leaving his faith behind. But it's like, no man, you don't have object (laughs) permanence.
1: And you have her as well saying to him, you know, you're going to go, you, what if you don't come back? And she says, what if it's one of those moments, like a moment, and she pauses for a long time because both she and the scriptwriter are trying not to say a sliding doors moment, because that's clearly what they're trying to do. <laughs> it's like, oh God, I can't think of another metaphor to use. We'll just let this us off into nothing.
3: It's, um, it's like, uh, that What if this is one of those moments, shit. like at the I beginning the a- <laughs> movie? <saying> yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs>
2: Isn't that based on a book? Nope. All right, fine. (laughs) So sure enough, of course, he leaves and never comes back. So we fast forward to 15 years later in the big city. Yeah. And the big city in this movie is going to be played by Grand Rapids, Michigan. Bam, 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 bam. America's one hundred and fourteenth largest megalopolis, by the way. And it, it cracked me up because this is my immediate thought as I look at that. I see the the first, the only big building that they can find in the city. I'm like, holy shit, that looks like it, man. That's either Grand Rapids or Peoria, Illinois. And they back away, and I'm like, that's too small to be Peoria. <laughs> 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 but okay, wait. We're supposed to... Here's
3: what's crazy. This part of the movie, I was so confused. This is supposed to be bad, Mm. right? His
5: life right now?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Where he's so nice to his secretary. He is nice. And his friends. And then... So he's
2: yeah yeah like everything like it's it's like every christian movie it's completely fucking backwards the guy's a good guy and he learns to be a horrible fucking person so he he, we get him walking into work everything he's super important obviously everybody's rushing up to him or whatever and then he walks into the stuffy old white guy room and businesses the fuck out of it he he does
3: (laughs) he businesses the fuck out of it there's a couple of things i want to talk about in this meeting the first is all of the business stuff actually makes sense which freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. I was really excited for Christian movie bingo where they talk about stuff and none of it is English. Right. But it all was fairly logical and made sense. So it was very upsetting. I was very upset. I don't know who went to business school in the Pure Flicks hierarchy, mm-hmm. but I wish they hadn't gotten to doctor that script because I was really looking forward to like, your margins are just below Starbucks, Batman, <laughs> lint Cleaner, <laughs> cameras. Director waving at me not to say things I see. <laughs> uh So basically, he goes into this meeting, and it's a hostile takeover, but it's not mm. a hostile takeover because everyone's going to get to keep their jobs mm. and money. Here's what I was confused about, though, because I was like, look, if we saw this – okay, I'm going to play Script Doctor for a second. Sure. If we saw this scene and it was a hostile takeover and he was like, I'm taking your company and you're fired – I'd be like, I get it. He's the bad mm-hmm. guy, but he's like, I'm taking your company. You get to keep your family fortune. Everyone's gonna make a ton of money. We're gonna be successful as hell.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm like, this character is good. He's I'm really good. rooting for. Him. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, he's, he's an, also. He's a genius businessman because the the company's totally failing. But he says, "Yeah, you can keep your position. You can keep all the money. And what are we, what are we going to get? A load of money? What money? <laughs> you've allowed them to carry on running the business as they were running it, but you've just suddenly magicked up a shitload of money that just wasn't twenty three
2: million dollars. Yeah, is, where's that come from? It's just business homeopathy. You see, the less you keep taking the money and you put it in an empty yeah. room with no money.
3: When my grandma didn't have any money, we gave her one dollar in an empty room, and she felt way better." Thank you. <laughs> And then she died. <laughs> that is proof. There you go. Please make the government papers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not biting. I've had enough of that. I've had enough of that lately. I'm not biting on that one.
3: <laughs> You're a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> really? Hoping sorry. It. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm just. I'm just trying to keep Marsh <laughs> calm. Give me a pat. All day. Keep him in. as well. Right try to create a welcoming environment here. I call him Na- that. Marcy's a Nazi. Every so often, I'll shout him down at one point when he's making a point that has nothing to do with me. I've prepared several speeches. It's fine. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, this
1: really is my safe space, and you'd know all about that. So I <laughs> have a conversation about those two. Eh? <laughs> It's all right. I just,
3: it's, it's, you know, it's pronounced nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> That's not how it's. Or, no, what, it's...
2: Wait, what's the right one? <laughs> the right, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think the only thing that we really need to get from this scene is that he's a good businessman. He just got a raise and a promotion. Also, he got a a missionary letter from Wendy mm. from his old girlfriend. Now, this is not as sexy as the term missionary letter sounds. To uh, a non-theist I guess this is just asking money For a church or something Right
3: the letter that he gets from her is please give us money and also let's catch up when you get a chance. Yeah, it, that's it the letter he gets from her.
1: Yeah, I, I love this letter. I actually freeze framed on this letter because there's loads of really interesting things about it, right? Cuz <laughs> his, his 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 ex-girlfriend type person. She's now working for like uh, an NGO or a missionary kind of cha- charity kind of thing in Mozambique. So she's she's actually done pretty well for herself by this point. You know, she's out there really helping people in Mozambique. I mean, whatever she's doing there, you can argue about the uh, the the benefits of. But also, she says it says come to our uh, fundraising dinner. promise appetizers with a native flair there 's a capital n on native so she's also like one of those middle class annoying patronizing borderline racists with
4: it, uh, which is really nice. annoying
3: she's gonna wear a headdress and be like hello my brothers and sisters so excited to
1: see you all here and you're like oh fuck um, and then you've got the handwritten note to the bottom and the way that Kevin Sorbeer reads out this handwritten note, it's like he's trying to decode a clue that's been left for him by some Batman. Villain. He, or like, he's, like he's never heard any of those words in his life. He's like, I'm going to be in town. Maybe we should catch up. <laughs> it's, like, it's really obvious what there's not saying there. Come on. It's the national treasure of,
3: of friendly notes. <laughs> I,
2: I, was st- I was actually stuck on the prodigal planet, of. so I'm glad you, yeah, I'm glad you went to the analogy first. <laughs> he
3: has a super crazy, awesome, hot secretary mm, Yes, who he gives a
2: 18%
3: raise to. Yeah, pretty yeah, good. yeah, he's, he's again, amazing.
2: And this is supposed to be like the, the bad guy that needs to have some kind of a, a change in his life so he can stop being... But yeah, again, everything we see him do at the beginning of this movie is like, oh, awesome. Looks like you made the right decisions for your particular right. skill set in life.
3: Because mm, she mm. goes... Uh So I get a 20% raise right And he goes how about 10 And he's like meh 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 And I'm like oh he's only giving her 10 And then he turns around and he's like Here's the authorization for your 18% yeah. raise Can't look like a softie on my first day And I was like fuck this piece of shit I hope he has a hallucinogenic event That changes his religion <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then, just to cap it off, to show what a heartless (laughs) bastard he is, he says, oh yeah, maybe she's just kind of looking for money. Here, write her a check to the, to the wife with the, the the girlfriend with the Mozambique thing. Just write her a check. So he doesn't just throw the fucking thing away. He's like, oh, she's only after my money. Here is my money. He's like, he's a philanthropist. He's good to his employees. me donate to charity. Yeah, Yeah. he's
3: amazing. And then his, then his slutty whore, uh, fiance, Mm. or soon to be fiance comes Mm. in. And, we're supposed to... This is the most successful the movie is at trying to make someone a, a villain, but it it's not great. Mm. Like, she's not Hitler.
2: Well, no, but this is how heavy-handed they are. The, the first thing, like, she comes in and he to, to kind of tries to hide this jewelry box he's got, and she sees it and she's immediately like, how big is it? How many carrots? You know, et cetera. And that's basically the only... You know, like, that's supposed to be enough for us to hate her for the rest of the movie. Oh, I can't wait until somebody drives a nail between her fucking <laughs> eyes.
3: <laughs> yeah, I hope someone really, really hurts her feelings. She cares about jewelry <laughs> more than I think she should. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. And the thing is, as well, like, as far as we can tell, he's in love with her and seems to be fairly, it doesn't, it's not like we see him, like, secretly talking to several other women or anything like that. So he's, he seems to be monogamous with the woman he's about to propose to. We're like, oh, what a bastard. Oh, what is just he men- thinking?
3: he's proposed to her and he's taking her to Paris yeah Yeah. not too bad to Paris not too bad not too fucking bad there is nothing I'm gonna go back to this it's very important that I say right now that they're going to Paris because all the other things in this movie I now compared to Paris and so it all falls short everything that he later loves I'm like nope because I've been to Paris yeah because yep. I've been to pa- he also mentions I forget what the name of the restaurant is he names a super fancy restaurant they're going to so later on in this movie and we'll get to it when he's like meatloaf's my favorite I'm gonna be like fuck you in your other life you went to Paris yeah don't pretend there's any meatloaf in this world that's as good as fucking Paris there,
1: there, there is a thing as well like that, that particularly uh wound me up Whereas he said, uh, no, we, we, have gotta get ready to pack, cause, uh, we gotta pack for the weekend. And she says, it's only Thursday. And he says, it's not in Paris. That No, it, it's, it's still Thursday in Paris, mate. That's, that's not how time are. <laughs> it's certainly not the weekend in Paris, it's cause you're missing all of Friday, Friday there. Like, come on, get, get with the program. You're only a few hours ahead here. Come on.
2: Is that how that works? I thought you guys were still just pre-industrial revolution. <laughs> it's Christmas in Paris. <laughs>
1: And he says, "She says you're joking." He said, "I'd never joke about Paris." And to be honest, neither would I, you know, it's it's too soon. It's way too <laughs> soon to be
2: joking about Paris. Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> um, then he goes to a car dealership straight out of a perfume commercial to buy himself a Benz. Yeah, he, he buys a car from the
1: lobby in the Matrix, as far as I can tell. It's just massive <laughs> yes. and pure white and totally empty.
3: Yeah, the the head of that car dealership is Colonel Sanders from Matrix Two and Three, right? <laughs> like that's what we're supposed to. It's supposed Probably, to be Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Uh-huh. What 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 I realized, and in that moment, was that they could only afford to rent for the day. One Mercedes-Benz? Yeah. So they were like, it's probably one of those futuristic car dealerships where they only have one car for you to choose from. What was that shopping process supposed to be like? So, do you like our car? No, get the fuck out. This is the one we have?
1: Yeah. But, I mean, it is the world's shittest car dealership anyway, because he managed to find the one car salesman in the world who, when you make him an offer, he doesn't make a counteroffer, he just wets himself. It's like, I think the car's only worth this amount. He's like,
3: mm, okay. I call this car salesman wet Nathan Lane, because he <laughs> looks exactly like Nathan Lane if you just dunked him in water for a year and a half, and then brought him out and was like, great, do your scene. He'd be like, I'm just so glad to be on land.
1: Do you think they waterboarded him so he'd take part in the film? You think that's right, why he, he looks so weird? <laughs> <laughs> you've spent two months more to Come on, you will take part.
2: <laughs> He's the final extra who they had to convince him. <laughs> <laughs> It's like we already rounded up all the bums for the bus <laughs> <tables> <laughs> <you've seen. laughs> You <laughs> gave everyone them a PBJ? We're out of pb mm-hmm. guys. Everyone's got burns and cuts <laughs> and bruises.
3: Also, I want to point out, I watch all these movies with my fiance, and the moment he got the car, Anna turned to me and goes, I just want you to know, no matter how many Christian visions you have, you can't go back to your ex, and then walked out of the room. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alright, so now, of course, we, we need the, um, like, hit, him hitting himself in the head so he can wake up elsewhere in Act 3 scene. Uh, and in this film, it's gonna take place in, in the car, the new car that he just bought. So he's driving down the road, car breaks down, pulls off to the side of the road, airbag goes off and knocks him unconscious. That's not a thing. No. Nope. It's, it's, I mean, like, air, there's nothing on the airbag that would be capable of knocking you unconscious. It's, Air and a bag. No, I mean maybe he's
1: really brittle. I mean I, we don't we don't know this about Kevin. Saul, but he's, I'm he, sure he
2: didn't. He's like Sam Jackson and Unbreakable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, the airbag knocks him unconscious. Everyone watching says, "Gee, I bet he wakes up from that in Act Three after having a Christian vision that makes him decide to break up with the girl that <laughs> likes jewelry." Um, spoiler alert: This movie is really and predictable. Right. And this is where we get to meet uh, uh, the angel of the movie, who will be played by. John Ratzenberger Mm. of Cheers Yeah, Cliffy from Cheers. It's Cliff from Cheers, the male guy. Norm's friend. Cliffy, yeah, the guy from all the Pixar movies. The The third
3: banana. Not the second banana, mind. The third (laughs) banana from (laughs) Cheers.
2: And even that, you were just going like, Oh, Cliffy,
4: really? Yeah. Yeah, and th- really, oh, the Pixar money wasn't very, doing it for disc- you. I
3: have in my notes: Christian movies are upsetting are an upsetting series of surprises of which celebrities are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the journey. If someone was like, "What did you get in 50 years?" If they're like, "So tell me, what did you get most out of the god awful movies experience?" They'd be like, "I learned which teen actors had a breakdown when careers went south." Because <laughs> 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 that's what it, every Christian movie. I'm just like, "Oh, oh, no, Cliff." Th-
2: think about this, dude. I was alive at a time when Kurt Cameron was being billed over Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, dude. Wow, I, amazing.
3: Dude, I remember when with the girl who's in God's Not Dead 2, um, who now looks like a melting candle. Uh, <laughs> what's her name? She was Sabrina. Or no, she wasn't. She was Clarissa Explains It All. They were the same. Melissa, Melissa Joan Hart. Hart. Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart. She's this crazy person now. That's so upsetting. Yeah,
2: yeah, but you know, you always kind of figured. Kevin Sorbo was so that was no shock. Oh yeah, no, mm. I mean
3: Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo consistently was crazy. There was never Kevin Sorbo didn't surprise us every time they let Kevin Sorbo near a mic when he was Hercules. He was like, "Hey guys, you know I'm fucking crazy, right?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, we yeah. totally do. Don't see, worry." I, I we disagree. Got two more
1: seasons. I, I disagree, and I think maybe this is a UK perspective. I didn't see him really doing saying anything when he was Hercules. So the, so the first I heard of Kevin Sorbo outside of Hercules was when I'm pretty sure he had a, a chiropractic manipulation and had a stroke after after it. And end up being like semi-paralyzed and have to learn to walk again. And he was like, yeah, chiropractic's really, really dangerous. So I thought, wow, Hercules is going to be like a full-on skeptic. He's going to be talking about how bad alternate medicine is. And then he's like, oh no, he's, he's a crazy Christian, isn't he? That's, that's what uh, he's doing yeah. now. No. He's, he's a fucking nutter. <laughs> Brilliant.
2: He's uh, selectively insane. I just yeah, wanted I just to point out that actually, just because because I know some
3: people are going to chime in on this, um, uh, the common association between chiropractic and strokes isn't true. It's because the uh, negative energy and negative chi that's trapped in your joints when it gets released <laughs> causes <laughs> strokes. Uh, and then a lot of people think that it's the chiropractor doing, it, but it's not. And I just want I wanted to plant a flag now because like I, it's really important <laughs> that we like not close our minds. And, like like the, I don't like the word skeptic because mm. there's like there's people who use that wrong. So, like, we—I don't—I call, call myself a true theologist.
4: Um, well, so I think yeah, what I happened
0: to with, with
1: Sorbo was that uh, the negative energy that was released uh, when he had the chiropractic manipulation formed a barrier that stopped God's love getting to him, and that's why he had the, the stroke. Oh. It was the barrier. It was the, the interruption of that connection to God uh, for a little while.
2: I see, and that's where Cliff comes in because, of course, <laughs> he's here to bring the uh, bring the love of God back into K. Sorb's life. Yeah um in the form of a tow truck driver. Yeah. Yes. Uh so that's how we're introduced to him. He's towing uh Kevin Sorbo's truck, but he refuses to tow it where Kevin Sorbo wants him to tow it. So rather than, you know, calling the police or physically overpowering him or getting um, out of the
3: car, getting yep. out of the vehicle.
2: <laughs> that would have done it too. Yeah, exactly. Uh he decides to uh, you know, just Go along just take with it. it. Just yeah, take it's it. very much. It's
3: very much a car-bound deliverance, <laughs> unless you realize that this movie <laughs> is about him. <laughs> you got a pretty mouth, boy. I, I just want to go back to back
1: to the big city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> yes,
2: I want to take yes.
1: the bus. Well, the the great thing as well is that Cliffy kind of berates him. He says you've wasted all your potential basically by becoming a a nice guy and a partner in a big firm and having a fiancé and a good life and all that. So he's like having a go at him, and Cliffy says, "You know, fast cars, fast women." Is it fast women? It's one woman, and he's proposed to her and is engaged. She doesn't. She seems fairly fairly okay by now. (laughs) But he says all of this. Kevin Sorbo barely bats an eye, and he says, "Oh, come on, whatever his name is. I think what, what what's his name in this? Is it Ben?" I forget Mike. what Kevin Sobel's character's I name bet, is, but he says like, Wh- whatever yes. the guy's name is, and he goes, oh, I can't believe you know my name. So he told you all this other stuff about your life, and you're surprised that he knows his name, and then I figured, I know why. It's because he totally forgot that Cliff comes from a place where everybody knows your name, and that's why he actually knew the guy's <laughs> name
3: the whole time. The episode's over. The episode's over. That's it. We're done. It, we reached the it peak took of you a minute to get together, <laughs> but damn it, was <laughs> it worth it. Yeah, cam.
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a 45-second <laughs> build-up
1: to try and get me to there, but we'll take it, we'll take no, it. No, 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 I'm going to carve that into
3: no, my chest. No, it was so gonna worth it. I'm going to kill myself, take a picture. We're going to tweet that out instead of the episode, because that's, like, <laughs> that's <laughs> <what we need>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alright, yeah, no, the whole, sh- I, I apologize to the listeners, the whole show's gonna be downhill from here on out. So, yeah, so Cliff slaps him around like a
5: prison bitch. It's, and it seemed like they were setting up some, like, hostile shit or something, cause he, like, he punches him out and clearly just abducts him. So, yeah. I mean, I'm on board, like, I'm in, but they took a, took a big turn. Yeah, after I that. expected
2: him to wake up with a ball gag, you know, and, and, and a gimp in a box somewhere nearby, and but it was very way disappointing. I wanna plant good. a
5: flag. If the rest
3: of this movie had just been Cliff from Cheers, Uh, hate fucking Kevin Sorbo. It would have been better. (laughs) That's what I was saying. (laughs) I can, I can watch that from an educational standpoint. I can learn (laughs) new
4: things. (laughs) I
2: I would say anything would have been better, but yeah, that's actually that that actually would have been pretty good. So now we're going to get to the whole like whatever the I guess point of this stupid fucking movie. And so suddenly he comes to, and he's in a a bathroom doing a little girl's hair and i i wrote down i have no idea how i got in this bathroom with this little girl the no illusions story yeah
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the little girl is putting lipstick on the first thing she says is i'm gonna put lipstick on too and she fucking wraps it around her mouth like am i a pretty baby it's fucking horrifying (laughs) (laughs) and he's doing her hair and then the mom takes over and uh, the mom comes in the room and it's the girlfriend that he left and she starts to do her hair, but at no point is anyone like, "Oh, let's take off your fucking clown makeup." <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, and I want to say this little girl was the most impressive actor in the entire movie Easily. to me.
5: Easily, like, oh, she was fantastic. Yes, yeah. yeah. you're right.
3: Oh, there were. I do not I, listen. Maybe I was. Maybe I'm just blinded by Prodigal Planet. Right. I don't think there were any bad performances in this movie. Well, Kevin Sorbo I was pretty. Oh,
1: Sorbo is
2: pretty bad. Yeah, he
3: was me. He was Mege. But like, I, I, I don't know. I but liked him in the places I was You're comparing
2: him to fucking William Wellman Jr. and his daughter it's Kathy, true. the mashed potato. It's true.
3: It's true. It's. I'm like one of those Spanish miners who comes out and has McDonald's and is like greatest food I've ever <laughs> <Right>. had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I I thought his girlfriend, Chrissy Thompson, I thought she was appalling. She's even capable of making any facial expressions at any time. She was just a completely blank face at all times. I I thought she was appalling in this.
2: I was assuming that was plastic surgery related, but yeah, yeah, no, she was pretty bad. Again, though, Mars, you're coming from a standard of watching movies, you know, that are good and whatnot and, and we're coming at this from the bottom up so yeah compared to some of the shit we've seen recently this was fucking oscar delightful, winning delightful shit. movie but no yeah. yeah there was there were a couple <laughs> of really bad performances at the center of this movie um like i said the little girl was pretty awesome though and speaking of little girls um i, I guess we got to get out the uh the gerald fogel portion of this movie because this is also where oh. we meet his
5: other daughter Oh, this is really She's 22 now. Now she's 22. Yeah, she's
1: got the sass turned up to 11. She's got a push up rod dialed up to 12. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> and, and, and like, there is no scene in this movie where she appears and her tits aren't perfectly framed. Yeah, and she, she's Jesse. Yeah,
3: yeah, uh huh. She's Jesse on the Disney. I have a little sister. My little sister loved Jesse. So I. Growing, I watched Jesse hit eighteen <laughs> while only being in my own head, being like, "Cause my sister would be like, Jesse and her friends are best friends." My sister's twelve, uh-huh. and when she was little, she loved Jesse. She'd be like, "Jesse, Jesse, Jesse," and I never got to tell anybody like I would fuck the shit out of Jesse. But now I can finally say, I can let myself say it. She's super hot. That's it. Would go, it's what got me through this movie.
5: At <laughs> <laughs> a similar moment with the Olsen twins back in the day, I'm a little bit older.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, no, this smoking hot daughter shows up on screen. Apparently, they're getting ready for church and she doesn't want to go.
3: Don't worry, hot teenage girl. When you move out, you'll go to college and get a belly button ring and listen to this podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hope I I, I I don't mind her listening. I kind of hope my wife doesn't listen to this one. But, yeah, so mom, uh you know, he doesn't. Successfully persuade her to go to church. So mom gives her the big, you know, well, if you don't love Jesus enough, I'll take away your cell phone uh, logic. Right,
3: because Jesus is an abusive dad. Right, yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, maybe if you can't love me enough, you don't need fucking all these fucking clothes. You know, I I was like, oh, someone needs to call child services on God.
2: And then we have to have the the hey shucks, I think I'm dreaming but it seems so real I might as well go with it monologue that he gives to himself. Now there's a a sign of some lazy fucking writing where you have to have uh, like every time this character has to have like a realization of something we have to like we see him sitting in a room by himself talking to himself. So well done guys.
1: What I love about what he says to himself as well. He says, oh I must be dreaming. I didn't realize I dreamed in color. And at that moment in that shot he's wearing like a mushroom colored shirt with mushroom colored (laughs) slacks sat on a mushroom colored bed. He put a mushroom colored wall and his wife walks in wearing a mushroom colored dress. It's like, yeah, he dreams in color, one color. He has one color that he dreams in.
2: That's a common Christian problem right there. <laughs>
3: and he's looking at, he has a moment where he looks at his wife, like, wow, she's mm. so beautiful. And it could not be less true. This, this woman looks like pancake art. Have you ever seen someone who made, like, the Avengers? That's what she looks like. This movie should be called What If You Were Married to a Woman Shaped Like an Easter Island Head? <laughs> no, no reason. I wrote my notes. Stop looking at your wife like she's hot. You've seen a hot woman before. This is not that.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is as well, the, 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 the point that this is, he diverged off from his life 15 years ago, right? But when he puts his own tie on, his wife comes in and says, hey, where did you learn to tie a tie? It's like, you married a moron, like, when he left you, when he was clearly in like his, what, mid-twenties or early-thirties when he's supposed to have left you, could he not tie a tie then? What, and what happened when he diverged his life at the bus station that he never learned how to tie a fucking tie?
3: Because he became a minister and didn't learn any real skills ever about anything ever.
1: Yeah, he, he remains a moron. We find that all the way through that as the minister, he's a fucking moron. It just, it just shows even worse that believe in God and your life, mate, was terrible. Just go back to the business thing.
2: But, but that's the other thing though, is that we have to reinforce over and over again in this movie that her, the point of her existence is him. She has no yeah. interest, she has no friends, she has no job, she has no say in their life or anything, and I think that that's like what we're we're just sort of starting to uh, to plant that seed with the whole, but I'm supposed to tie your tie and your shoes and you know whatever right wipe your ass. yeah, <laughs> I would have watched that scene sure, and so now they go to church and is called and they say this throughout this movie with no fucking sense of irony, is called the Little White Church. Little white church.
1: Yeah, which feels like a, a a script note for uh for the the production assistant that never got taken out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I also love that it's an all white church, uh, like like this yeah. movie. There is one black guy at the very end of the. I don't, you know, like I, I'm I'm teasing you with this, but at the very end of the movie, we see a black person. We do. They make you wait. But I for spotted
1: it. another. I spot another it was like a weird game of like where's Wally? Like where's the racial diversity? It was honestly there's one of it, I'll tell you when we get to it. Awesome. Wait, wait, wait. I need to take a stand. Where's Wally? Oh yeah, um, UK, where's Wally? Waldo's not a name over oh, here. Get the
4: fuck <laughs> out of no, It's out not here. a it's name Wally? here. It's not a name it's, over yeah. here it's, either, it's, we but we
1: kept the
3: original content, you fucking communist bastards. <laughs> <man. laughs> Wally? You're Hitler. <laughs> you are Hitler, Osama bin Laden, Hitler,
4: <laughs>
3: Wally. How do I? How do I cut him out of this episode?
1: <laughs> I think you game just carry on, and your internet game. will automatically do that for you, Eli. Like. <laughs>
2: well done, well done, sir. All right. So now we we wander into the church. Now he has not figured out up to this point that in this altered alternate dimension he's the reverend. He doesn't figure mm-hmm. that out until they walk in the church and. Um, the Jew that works at the church gives him. That's what I, wrote. I wrote this Jewish guy is going to introduce him. That's nice. <laughs> now, this is a moment where the people involved with this movie actually thought that Kevin Sorbo's comedy chops were going to carry us through this scene.
3: Yeah, yeah. Which he does not. Oh my the, god! The script, the script note here is very clearly vamp. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it does not.
1: Yeah, his, his version of vamping is to look at the Bible like he's not really sure how a book works. <laughs> right. He kind of gives it like the weirdest kind of look, like, oh, huh? this food, food <laughs> for Kevin Sorbo. Eats. <laughs> <laughs> I eat this Bible while everyone watches, right? Yeah. Wh- why was the service going on when he walks in? Like they're already mid-service. Like <laughs> they started without him. Like don't worry, he- he'll be here any minute. Don't Let's just worry, get cracking. We've got a lot be to get. From. <laughs> yeah.
2: God won't wait. He'll destroy our city with fire. So, yeah, yeah. So he walks in, he gives this, um, the Bible's old,
5: let's talk about modern stuff, like making money. (laughs) Yeah, instead of using the Bible, he basically teaches a lesson from Atlas Shrugged instead. (laughs) (laughs) Very interesting.
1: And it's all like, we all need things. Things are important. Yeah, you do need things. Like, for example, the ability to retrospectively edit your IMDB page (laughs) to get rid of this abomination (laughs) and take it off your CV. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I mean, but what would be left, honestly? What, like, what does K. Sorbs have on his uh, on his resume that he can be proud of? Hey, those 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 journeys were legendary,
1: legendary. Those journeys by Hercules.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's. It's weird though because he's already demonstrated, and this is a this is like a Chris, almost a Christian movie bingo at this point. He's already demonstrated he has the ability to speak in public, mm-hmm. and the the like the thought being put forth is that like if you or me got trapped in an alternate crazy universe, we couldn't give a sermon. I could give a kickass sermon. All I do is talk about people who give sermons. I know exactly what they want. I know quotes from the Bible. This guy can speak in public. The fact that he gets up there and he's like, um, Lego's I go together And yeah. then click clack And they're making a bath And then there's <laughs> sour patch kids
1: And also 15 years ago He was so religious That he wanted to be a minister right. He was in the seminary b- Before he met his girlfriend Or back when he met Because we find out later Oh I've not seen like that Since you in the seminary So it's only been 15 years Since his entire life Was about religion But he still looks at the bible Like what huh? I oh, don't
3: fuck, know what, what this is about, is, this, is this the one where uh Where the boy finds out He's a wizard And the giant comes to his house <laughs> And uh, yep. The other thing,
2: too, is like they're trying to say, oh, you know, because he's such a materialistic guy or whatever that he preaches about making money and having money, and I'm like, I mean, the... Joel Osteen, Creflo Dollar—that works. I mean, that's not like that. Like, if 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 a a preacher came in and started talking about money, people would find that bizarre or anything. They'd Mm be like, "Oh, we're at church, I guess." Yep, time to talk about money.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've sat in a Peter Popov audience, and I can tell you, he talks a lot about (laughs) money in one of those.
3: Right, exactly. (laughs) But instead, his his congregation looks at him like he's not speaking English. And I just wrote in my note: everyone in this congregation's like, "I don't understand." Talk about fags.
4: Talk (laughs) about fags. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> <laughs> he also forgot his daughter's name during the sermon, yeah,
4: yeah, you know, he's like one, my of them. one he goes daughter, uh, megan Megan over my-
5: here, and uh, yeah, I seem to have forgot my other daughter do- you, you may remember her as Angelica the centerfold from the latest Barely Illegal magazines. she's right there <laughs> stand up Angelica whatever your real name is also my but again
2: this daughter.
5: is
1: Cliffy's fault this is all Cliffy's fault because he says just before he knocks Kevin Sobo out he says oh by the way the little girl's called Megan you could have told him his other daughter
2: as well you arsehole It <laughs> would have been so much take an extra second before you punch him spark out well and, and like, we're going to come back to that a couple of times too because this entire like situation like this would if you, it's really hard hard for me to even take it the premise of this movie seriously enough to say this but like if god did this like that would be such an incredibly dick move. I mean, we're supposed to believe <laughs> that God created these human beings like Kimberly and Megan so that he could later destroy them when this demonstration was over. Like, these people had to be killed. <laughs> is, is this other alternate – does God make an alternate dimension that he keeps going every time he wants to do this to somebody? Or does he murder those people and send them to hell? Are, are, they, are they like automatons being controlled remotely by angels? I don't, and if so, how much is the daughter one? Like, retail – yeah. Christmas is coming up. I'm just... I want I want two. <laughs> Guys,
3: that's what the Patreon goal's for. we, we video content's not happening, we, we found out how much minute. for a, well a Jesse automaton. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, And then also, this is an important uh, moment that'll come back. There's some slick dude trying to fuck his, his daughter <laughs> who needs to pack the
3: fuck up because I called dibs when I
5: saw it. <laughs> But reverse reversed yeah, serve for 80 bucks He's
2: so yeah.
1: slick that he's genuinely excited That her father is a pastor Like your dad's the pastor And he's got like He's got a, a lisp He looks like he's got braces I mean that's fair enough It's his own thing right. But later she's like You embarrass me in front of The most popular kid at school like, So really? like, where is your school That <laughs> like, this kid is the most popular kid He's excited that your dad Is a fucking reverend You know where he is He's in a city smaller than Grand Rapids <laughs>
3: <fucking> <laughs>
2: Right <Houston>. Right <laughs> <laughs> It's him and like four other guys, and they're all a little bit more. And inbred. three of them have downs. Yeah, exactly. I grew up in Michigan. It's okay for me to say that. It's my word. Um, and so, so he pays him eighty dollars uh, to stay. He, he, the, 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 Kevin Sorbo pays the kid eighty dollars to stay away from his daughter. And I so wanted the uh, the, the, the 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 kid to go. It's uh, fifty shekels, bro. I already fucked her.
3: Yeah. Oh fuck! Really? Damn. <laughs> Okay, cool. Are you gonna keep her as a slave? Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out this Christianity thing. I used to pay business, <laughs> <laughs> business taxes. Taxes work for out next how year. the how many goats is that? How many goats what's the goat to dollar conversion? Right? I'm really behind right? the whole thing. The rape? <laughs> no, never mind. Right. And this is supposed to be a bad thing, right? It's supposed to be like a look at what a skeezy guy is. But he just he doesn't know how to be a dad. A demon yeah. just knocked him unconscious and brought him right. into the world of where he is a dad. And that's constantly, like, he forgets his daughter's name and she's mad at him, but he doesn't forget his daughter's name. He never knew his daughter's name because a demon punched him (laughs) in the face and he woke up into a world where he had a daughter. It's not a flaw in his character to not know information that's impossible to know.
1: Yeah, and, and yet his wife is totally happy that he's got rid of that kid. No matter what, she's, like, really delighted. So all we see is that his Christian wife is fucking horrible. She's a horrible human being <laughs> in every conceivable way all throughout this film, yeah. which just makes it even more ridiculous when the inevitable happens by the end.
2: Right, right. Cool. And and then also in this scene, uh, uh, Cliff, his tow truck drives by. So Kevin Sorbo goes chasing after it. And I got to say, you know, because he's got to be, like, you know, 50 or going on it when they film this. he he's still got it. Motherfucker can yeah, still run. Yeah. I, I, he yeah. was keeping up with that tow truck.
3: Yeah, and so they get to – he finally catches up to him and he's like, hey, Cliff, what's going on? And Cliff – he's like, I'm in a dream. And Cliff's like, no, you're not. And two out of two interactions, he hurts Kevin Sarbom. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. He hits him with a wrench on the hand. He's like, can you feel pain in dreams? He's like, no. And he hits him with a wrench and we're supposed to be like,
5: comedy. <laughs> yeah.
3: But really what we have is we are two for two on the if you talk to Cliff, he hurts yeah. you. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Interesting moral quandary of a physically abusive angel to think about. Yeah. Interesting.
1: well The thing about this as well, the, the reason why he hits me says, Well, can you feel pain in a dream? No. Bang. So you can't be dreaming. No one said you can't feel pain in a dream. Well, this, this is not a thing. You can feel pain in a dream. That, there's no reason why you couldn't. This is just a flawed premise, just an excuse for you to abuse this guy. I can right.
2: certainly dream that I felt pain in a dream. Yeah, yeah. um Can you get fucked in a dream?
4: Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You sure you can get fucked in a dream? Get a,
3: I'm going to need you to take two steps. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> But that is so, that is so this character that that he is half angel, half prison daddy, you know? (laughs)
4: Right.
3: And he also,
2: he, there's this moment where Kevin Sorbo's like, hey, prove
3: to me you're an angel. And he's like, can't do that. Can't prove I'm an angel. Which is weird, cause the movie could totally have him prove he's an angel. He hmm. could like sprout some wings and float up in the air for a second, or anything. He could just be a ball of light. He could do anything, but instead he's like, nope, not gonna do that. To which Kevin Sorbo responds, fine, you're an angel. Yes! Anything <laughs> is more likely. Almost anything. I'm psychotic, you're psychotic, and, but, but he's like, meh, I can't prove to you I'm an angel, and Kevin Sorbo's like, well, at least you tried. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But that, that, this is when we find out that it's all to do with the great what if. Yeah. That's what, oh, it's the great what if. And it's like, yeah, what if it had been Cliffy rather than fa- Frazier that got that spin off series? Would it be Kelsey Grammer <laughs> sat under the car pretending to be a representative of God or, given what Grammer's into, Zenu? You're like, yeah, the, the great Lord Zenu sent me down. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with a spanner because of, uh, all those
2: thetans and stuff. <laughs> I would oh, love to see that. That's spin-off. disappointing. Kelsey Grammer's
5: a Scientologist. At which point uh. in this
3: movie, I developed my theory, which I would, I would like to put forward now. I think this movie is about a guy who dies and goes to
4: hell. Okay.
2: <laughs> All right. I, I'm actually very excited to learn that Jesse will be in hell
1: when I get there. Yeah, but she's 15 in hell, so oh. she's still too young to do anything with. That's the torture. That's mm, where the torture all is. right, right there. All
4: right,
3: yeah, yeah, okay. Mm, I don't agree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> see, I've got a, a totally alternate theory on this film and I'll come to it in a little bit, but yeah, all all right. I, I disagree with you and, we'll, and we'll, we'll see why, basically. But there's a bit in this conversation where he says, uh, it's, what if you'd, uh, have you ever looked at your life and thought, what if you'd made different decisions? And I got this far into the film and I thought, yeah, I should not have agreed to be on this podcast. That's a different yeah, right, decision I should have been, I would not have had to sit through this fucker.
3: Marsh's great what if is not watching this movie.
1: Is <laughs> <laughs> putting you on the block list.
3: Uh, so he goes home to his wife who's shaped like a wet bale of hay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and they're having dinner it's okay they already said grace though so he can just sit down and right. eat but she says that in such a passive aggressive way like we already prayed it's like she might as well have said
1: your prayers in the oven go reheat you know it just seemed like such a passive aggressive <laughs>
3: <laughs> right and so he sits down, and it's meatloaf and he's like oh meatloaf is your favorite and i'm like no this universe version of him has been to paris so meatloaf is no longer his favorite that's what happens when you go to Paris. You get newer, better, favorite foods because you're a better human. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I think I think there's good evidence for that. I mean, I, I think there's only evidence that only four people who went to Paris weren't morally better afterwards. But again, it's way too soon uh, to start on that. <laughs> no, you, you might want to cut that actually.
5: <laughs> yeah, American American cuisine is unethical. You might want me to cut no that, question.
2: but no. no sorry. <laughs> um, and okay, so at this point in the film, too, he explains to his imaginary family that they're imaginary and that none of this is real and that he's been transported here. And I I I only bring that up because it's just so weird, like the underreaction from everyone else to what would clearly be a psychotic episode. Mm. Yeah, his wife's just mad at him. She's
3: just like, girls, go to your room. I'm mad at daddy because he's trapped in a hell dimension. (laughs) She's not like, oh my God, let's help him. (laughs)
1: But yeah, th- but the thing is that gets me is that the youngest kid, she says, is daddy having a nervous breakdown. It's like you're seven. Why do you know about a, m- a nervous breakdown? Oh, hang on, look at your mother. Yeah, it all makes sense now. Yeah. It's all really <laughs> clear why you're very familiar with that concept.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So instead of getting him psychiatric help like they should, uh, she kicks him out of the bed and makes him sleep on the couch because because. Because
3: beds are, are weaponry. Because where you sleep is weaponry. <laughs> Even though women are your property, where you where you sleep is a violent action. That it's the only power women are allowed in
1: Christian movies.
3: Oh, I, I at should. any point is like you go sleep on the couch.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And the other thing about this conversation as well, there's, there's an interesting thing about the conversation, right? So first of all, we learn that she said, well, we all just moved here because you're the pastor. So in this universe, he's moved his entire family basically against their will. We found out that the kids have gone to leave school. We've come all the way here and now you're acting all weird. So he's moved his entire family against their will. He's in this universe. He's a dick, a complete dick. But in his other life, his wife was doing work in Mozambique. So there's, there's possibly even a death toll involved with him not being a business guy. Of how, I mean, yes. yes, it's black people and we don't see any of those in the film and they're not worth anything in this film. But still, there might be a death toll attached. So he, he might not only have been a dick who can't tie a tie, he might have also killed some people in uh, in another country. And then he sleeps on the couch, and his daughter has to tell him, oh, yeah, the sheet goes below the duvet. Like, he can't even make a fucking bed. The guy's a fucking
4: (laughs) moron.
2: And also this scene caps with the uh with the little girl praying, you know, hey, can I d- say my prayers out here? And I got to say there are a few things that creep me the fuck out more than little kids praying. That is so depressing to see.
3: I I could have watched this little girl's head turn 360 <laughs> degrees and I would have been less upset yeah. than I was at her prayer. Yeah, especially uh, that her prayer at the
1: end was like, and thank you Jesus for dying for us. Amen. And so, oh, yeah, right. holy shit, that's oh, bad. Yeah, that is creepy.
3: Oh, oh. P.S. Thank you for being a human sacrifice. I'm seven. <laughs> <laughs> loo <Lou, Lou. laughs>
1: Then we cut to a nice establishing shot of the outside of the house as well. And what I noticed on the outside of the house was there was a flag hang- hanging limply outside of it, but we couldn't see what the flag was. But given the racial makeup of this film, I'm assuming it's a Confederate flag. That's all <laughs> I can shoot is <laughs> hanging outside their
2: hands. <laughs> Those colours don't run, Mark. Those colours don't run. <laughs> So, and then we come cut back to inside, and then we get like, we're getting this really awkward scene where he decides to drive back into his old life in the minivan, but it doesn't have any gas. Yeah, because
1: he's useless. Because in in that life, he's an incompetent imbecile. He can't even keep his car filled with petrol. He's a fucking moron.
2: <laughs> well, right, because then he looks in his wallet. He's got no cash. He's got no no credit cards. I'm like, D- you just moved your family here with no. You don't have. Like you don't have a debit card? What the fu- what
3: the yeah. fuck kind he's of person? sold all his worldly possessions like Matthew? <laughs> I guess! But as well, <laughs> he,
1: he's genuinely, when he looks at his wallet, he goes, oh, no cash. It's like, in the last scene, you gave your only cash to that kid. Do you not remember? It was like 20 minutes ago <laughs> or something. You gave all of your money away. You were annoyed you
2: had so little money.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, right, right. I'm just saying that, that airbag did more damage than we
1: want to see
2: or that chiropractic so, yeah one or the other
1: yeah th- this whole scene doesn't work for me right because as he's sneaking out to the car earlier he's, he's, he's properly sne- he sl- shuts the door really quietly and he walks up to the car and he tries to shut the car door really quietly he doesn't want his family to wake up as he drives off back to the city but then he's like I've got no mm-hmm. money so he goes in he takes his wife's purse and he sat on the landing loudly discussing his rationale for robbing his wife he's like well it's my <laughs> money as well as hers He sat on the landing you're <laughs> outside of
3: their bedroom
4: <laughs> door shot. and you're talking about <laughs> robbing your wife <laughs> <laughs>
5: right. He needed.
3: He needed a fucking grappling hook to scale his way out of the house. But when it's time to take money from her purse, he's like, "Taking
1: some money, honey? Not sure if this universe is real." Just a heads then, heads then the little girl gives him uh, the only money that she has, which works out as being a dollar. And I thought. He's not going to get much petrol, much gas for a dollar. I mean, no. in the UK, you can't get any petrol without a five-pound minimum spend. You've got to have a certain minimum, and you're not going to meet that minimum spend. And what's his plan? To get all the way back to the city on one dollar one dollar of gas? He's just an idiot. He's always, whenever he's a pastor, he's an idiot.
2: Yeah, yeah, apparently. Uh Interesting side note, by the way, when he goes to get the uh, the uh gas or Petrol, apparently, we're calling it these days. <laughs> uh, when he goes to get the, uh, the, to the gas station. Let's I, get some petrol so we can find water. Yeah, sorry, I forgot <laughs> that in America you call it freedom juice. <laughs> yes, exactly. We call it brown That's people's right. death. Um, so, uh, <laughs> and, and when he goes to the gas station, if I'm not mistaken, the gas station attendant is the director of the movie. That's, um, Daryl Sprayface or whatever, yeah, whatever his name was. (laughs) Amazing. Um, And then we get to watch himself
1: a fantasy promotion.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. He had to have at least three lines in there so he could get paid as an actor as well.
1: Right.
3: And so they're driving there. And there's just this weird moment. There's a couple of weird moments in there driving the car. The first is where Ben's like, so you're an angel, right? You're not allowed to lie. And he's like, nope, not allowed to lie. And he goes, what if God told you to lie? And he's like, shut up. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I can do stuff that God tells me to do. I can only do it if God tells me to do it. Uh, and that's the thing. Is he, mm-hmm. he makes that point, which means whenever he's punching people, that's not his choice. God has literally said, punch that guy. Like, God is just an arsehole in yes. control. Like, <laughs> get a spanner. Go on, hit him with a spanner. See what happens. Go on, go on. Um, and, and then there's a point as well. Th- there's a point as well where Kevin Sorbo, Ben, is saying, like, what about Cynthia, his fiance? And Mike, uh, Cliffy, says, oh, she's an our type hour yeah, what? like he's in some sort of weird polyamorous relationship with God like God <laughs> has to vet him who Cliff finds attractive like I wonder whether Cliffy can only get erect if God tells him to <laughs> Your fian- If someone,
3: if an angel told me that my fiance was not his type, I'd be the first guy in history to bite an angel in the dick. I, right. I wouldn't, <laughs> but Kevin Serbo's like, yeah, say. fair point. I get it. Yeah. yeah,
2: right. And I also love this little nugget that comes out. He says, I graduated at the top of my class at Harvard. And Cliffy leans over and says, the, the Moody Bible Institute. And I'm like, just the fact that there could have been a Harvard graduate in our world, and instead there was a uh, Moody Bible Institute graduate? <laughs> like that, all by it's itself If everything else evened out That would be a negative too big to justify In this fucking movie
3: Not just a Harvard business graduate Number one in his class At the Harvard yeah.
1: business school That's
3: insane
1: Yeah, and they turn him into a biblical archaeologist Yes, <laughs> that's incredible like,
3: That's like being like I was a brain surgeon who saved chi- I was a child oncologist And then being like, booties, bible
1: school <laughs> Right, right <laughs> Yeah, it just shows that God has totally fucked his life as well. It's like everything that was good about his, his, his original life. God is like, nah, you're not having that. You're not having that. You've been removed from history.
3: Yeah, right. There was a great moment where he's talking to Orange Guy, who was the partner mm. who didn't want him to help out the other business he, from before. Yeah. And uh, he... He's like, oh, you remember me, don't me? And he goes, uh, Booty's Bible School, Bibliarch, Archaeology. And he goes, we have all the biblical archaeologists we need. And I was like, mm. true facts. Yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> yes. <Orange> guy. <laughs> you could be speaking for any group of people, I do believe.
1: And th- that orange guy is now, is, is, is the, the orange guy is like engaged to his fiance. And he's kind of, he seems relatively annoyed, but not that annoyed by that. And then when he's outside the orange guy is driving the similar car that he was driving he's like oh he's got my car right. so well that's your priorities about there mate isn't it yeah. right. it's really clear what you think about things here <laughs> yeah also no there's shit. a
3: weird moment that when they drive away, the cliff goes, oh, they're really earning that whole weeping and gnashing of teeth, which, that's a hell joke, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that, that joke is a, oh man, those two completely likable characters are going to burn in fire forever.
1: Yeah, he's a vindictive arsehole all right. the way through. I, I, I much preferred him when he was Mr. Potato Head in Toy Story. Right,
3: then he punches him again.
1: Yes, <laughs> he does, he punches him again. <laughs> three for three. Three for three. If you're keeping count, three for three. Yeah, and, and also, Sobel does not see it coming. Somehow, at this point, he's not learned that this guy is a violent asshole. That you've How did you make to. it
2: as Hercules, dude? Come
3: on. Yeah, listen, you don't let Jared borrow your computer, and you don't look <laughs> within punching distance
2: of Cliff the Angel. You should know this shit by now. So now we're back to cliche white family. We cut back in. He's waking up on the couch from this latest Angel abuse And his daughters are fighting And I want to say Like I I know We've talked a lot About the girls tits I want to talk about them At least a a little bit longer Because in this scene We're framed in such a way That we can see Jesse's tits But not her head Yep
3: There was definitely A pervy cameraman On this shoot There was definitely A guy who they would Look at the dailies And they would be like Come on Ryan And he'd be like Sorry (laughs) What's that USB drive? Nothing. Seriously, Ryan. <laughs> Seriously, man. We're going to go to jail. No. Hey, Jesse, stop
2: putting stuff in front of your clock in your dressing room.
1: But he must have also been in collusion with the costume designer as well, because she's always wearing a push-up bra. And that's an unnecessary decision for her character, uh, I think. Yeah, They've I really gone it. out of it to make that, uh, make that the case.
3: And I, I want to point out one thing about this scene. The little girl is upset because he says that the goldfish might be in hell
2: implies it. yes uh-huh. and
3: the mom gets yeah and then yeah. the mom gets super duper because uh, the little girl's goldfish dies and then the mom gets super upset at him like why would you say that so it's totally o- okay for him to spend all of his life telling her that people are in hell yes but it's mm. over the line to say that the goldfish is in hell uh, yeah I, I wrote down in yeah, my notes yeah, like completely. what a
2: careless way to use the otherwise okay concept of a dimension of eternal torture and suffering to a five-year-old Right. But the other thing is as well that the the kid sort of like storms off uh, upset and then the
1: teenage daughter's like, I thought that was pretty funny. So like, the only way this moron can bond with his daughter (laughs) is when he ditches the Jesus shit (laughs) and starts (laughs) to engage like a normal human being. It's like, the lessons are all here.
2: Drop the God stuff. Oh, and we're also introduced to this horrifying little concept in this scene. Um, when he asks his wife what he's got on his schedule today, she says that he's needed for commitment testing. And I wrote down immediately, I don't even know mm-hmm. what that means, but it pisses me off that that exists. I already don't like Yeah, this. exactly. I already
3: <laughs> don't. There's no... The testing of a commitment from a third party, I already called bullshit.
2: Right. <laughs> well, I assume this
1: was uh, Kevin Sobel having to go there and try and seduce the two of them, like one by one. <laughs> I, oh, what, what, do, you, do you fancy it? Just to see whether they're really into each other or whether they could be uh, <laughs> off for a little bit of
2: Sobel history.
3: It's the, oh, what is it? The passion island? The temptation island. <laughs> there, <laughs> there you go. The temptation <laughs> island of his ministry.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm saying, as Marsh would have made a way better movie. So, but yeah, apparently this is something that reverends do, where you go as a couple to the reverend so that they can tell if you are unequally yoked to be married.
3: Unequally yeah. yoked. I have that in my notes. Yoked. Unequally yoked. Yoked. Like a cow. What a what a constructive fucking way to look at a marriage. Yoked. You know how you tie two cows together yes! so that they pull your plow in the way you want them to. That's how we like to think about relationships. <laughs> I guess. That's how we like to think about love. <laughs> like two dumb animals that need to be tied together so they don't walk in opposite directions. <laughs> oh no, shit! So they go to. They cut to the actual commitment testing where she is reading from the Bible. She's reading the God was – Adam was made mm-hmm. from the Adam rib, and she says the like, they were naked and they were unashamed, and Kevin Sorbo goes for a
1: fist bump, yeah, and I love does. this fucking character. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's an amazing fist bump. <laughs> he's, it, he's, he's, he's amazing in that scene.
2: And this goes on, by the way, her reading from the Bible for so long that I thought she eventually she was just going to go, chapter two. Exodus, you know like, what?
3: <laughs> the rest of the movie is just them reading the Bible out loud while Kevin Sorbo ages.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so then he gives honestly what I consider to be because look, I, I don't know, like Eli, you're you're engaged, so you can probably back me up on this. As soon as you tell people I'm getting married, everyone has advice for you, right? Everybody wants to give you advice, right? This is the best advice I've ever heard anyone give. Cause he basically just breaks it down financially and shit and says, ah, yeah, right now yeah. you're all hormones yeah. and fucking and shit. But think about, yeah, hey, you're not going to be able to have your fast car or I'm sorry, your, your dream Ford F 150. Um, <laughs> your Ford one
3: F 50. He's in the, he's like, Hey, I saw that car you came in and I think we're going to pan out to this kid being in a Ferrari. He's in a fucking yes. Ford one F 50. <laughs> I could yeah. buy one of those and crash it. I have change in my pocket that could buy a Ford one. <laughs> f50 and then crash it into a wall and walk away and never come back again the fact that a ford one hundred and fifty 50 was his dream ride already says that kid needs to change everything about his life
1: but the other thing as well is that he says like "Oh, marriage is really special just like your car and then it, he says like, oh yeah uh, like i love the car and uh, my future wife loves me in it and all I thought about that was, I'm guessing they both live with their parents if their love is car-bound. I'm guessing there's a particularly, uh, a spot overlooking the town where they have a lot of love that's car-bound.
3: I mean, you can fill a second hole with a, with a car that drives and sticks. Well. That's all I'm saying.
4: Jesus. <laughs> oh, you can't?
3: You can't?
2: I knew eventually we were going to get there.
3: I'm sorry. I'm sorry if in jolly old England you get, you get your first dildos, but when you grow up in Binghamton, New York,
2: you you find you, you can make also do with what use you the gets. parking brake if the uh, if the car is automatic. Yeah,
3: exactly. Unless you want to ask a buddy for a big favor, you got to make do with what you
2: have. <laughs> Fancy ass British love. I don't get you people. He
3: had his butt plug
2: passed down from his duke of an uncle. <laughs> I
3: do say, Marshmallow. Marsh's full name is Marshmallow, by the way. It is It is Marshmallow. This is the butt plug that Lord Fauntleroy gave to me, and now I give it unto you.
1: It, it, it's made entirely out of ivory as well, because we still universe. we're still happy with that stuff. So long as it's not new ivory, we can pass that uh, down. It's I absolutely killed an elephant, you know. Well, the great thing it's it's a smooth finish, and it's always it's like marble. It's a couple of degrees co- cooler than room temperature at all times, so it's a, it's a great material to be using.
3: It gives you quite the jounce when you insert it, but do it slowly. Do it slowly,
2: marshmallow. <laughs> this is the greatest competition I've ever been a part of. <laughs> oh shit! i once again. I'm so depressed that my job is to get us back on track because I would much rather talk about the ivory butt plug for the rest of the program. But uh, anyway, we got to get back to the yeah, commitment testing. Oh, and then this is also where, like, we get the uh, the the reprisal of the bit where he paid the guy to not talk to his daughter because his daughter shows up right. in Joker makeup because, you know, that's what happens when girls Right, cry. she's Alice
3: Cooper all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. <laughs>
2: And uh, she's. this is the worst thing that ever happened to me And I'm like oh just wait sweetheart I'm sure it isn't anymore mm, uh, But you
3: just wait until I get, uh, get onto the set of Jesse By pretending to be a janitor <laughs> Oh god dude <laughs> I'll
1: wait until it's uh, a few years time When you can actually be in charge of your own career And you know what an albatross this fucking film is yeah, going to be Around no. any potential future <laughs> roles you might have
2: yeah, this is the worst thing that ever happened to you. You just don't know how yet. Um so yeah, so like basically we we have to learn that oh, he did the wrong thing when he was forced by a demonic, merciless, pitiless god to be suddenly her father. Right. Yeah, his wife. His the thing is,
1: his wife even says to him at that point as well. It, it feels like I don't even know you. But at this point, he literally doesn't
4: know her. I do not He's been know you. Her for I a do not know something
1: Right? A demon. This is this movie is the
3: equivalent of feeling bad for the I'm thinking of a number game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope. <laughs> God, I'm a, such a terrible dad. Is it seven? Nope. <laughs> I'm a terrible <laughs> husband too. <laughs> Can I get a question about investment banking? You know that thing I did for 30 years? Yeah, I I know (laughs) that stuff.
1: Yeah, and then we also learned that the business—the business that he saved—is going out of business as well. if you notice that on the telly. It's like, oh, that one that I saved in the other life is going out of business. Which just shows that every single one, every single person we've seen in the whole movie is totally fucked when he stops being the business guy right. and starts being the pastor. Even like a fuckload of people in Mozambique, every one of them <laughs> are totally fucked the moment God starts meddling. An entire business is going out of uh, out of out of uh, profit. It's just like nobody comes out of this well. Not one human being comes out of it well when he's a pastor.
2: Se- uh, mysterious even some way. termites mysterious get killed yeah, later. Right. <laughs> not even the termites, like a of this termites get wiped out <laughs> <laughs> this, this is
1: where it got me because the wife asks him do you still like us and that's a totally natural question for a wife and the mother of your kids to ask you after one day of you acting weird one day right and this is where I, it, it all came into focus for me because i think this whole film right i think moron pasta guy, the the, the, the guy he is in this kind of, uh, where he's a pasta. I reckon this guy has been a dick to them for years. He's uprooted them, he's moved them to like, buttfuck Michigan out of the blue, he's moved them to like, in random places, he's unable to tie his own tie, he can't make his own bed. So I think this whole movie is basically Quantum Leap. Where the good him has to swoop in and fix up all the fuck ups that the other guy has made in his life. All right. And that, that's exactly what happens. All the skills that he has from his real, from his actual life, he comes in and just saves the day. Every bit that's actually good in his life afterwards is all through skills he learned not being this moronic pastor. So I think it's, I think we're watching Quantum <laughs> Leap, basically.
2: Alright, uh. well that makes the movie a lot easier to swallow. So now we go to a, a scene where he's like going back to Cliff to tell him like, Dude, this is really a fucked up thing to do to me. Like, let's ju- just accept this premise for a second. This is a horrible thing that you've done to us.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, well, he says, "Well, all the," he says, "I'm doing everything wrong. Nothing's working." And uh, Cliff just says, "Well, do everything right instead," which is literally God putting a gun <laughs> to the guy's head and saying, "Just, just get in line. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not. It doesn't matter how nice a guy you were before. <laughs> get in exactly. line." You know.
5: Yeah. yeah. He gives this, this speech about total surrender. And, and, and this was the general theme of the movie. Basically, let God rape you on a trial basis. You know what I mean? You still don't like the deal after that. You can go back to... Consensual uh, atheism. It's not rape if it's consensual, is my yeah, point.
2: Yeah, this is this is just the this is the just the tip of theology. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love at one point he says, you know, when you walk, walked away from Wendy, you broke two hearts, hers and God. I have yeah, that in my notes. Yeah. Too, I wrote, "Oh, come on, God, you're going to be okay. Get on Tinder. Get out there." <laughs> right? I mean, when it's God has the emotional stability of an abused fifteen-year-old. What the fuck? Get over it, dude.
3: So then he decides he's going to be a Christian, so he's studying the Bible. Take a stamp on your uh, Christian movie bingo.
2: Yep, you got to get the Rocky music Bible study montage. (laughs) Studying the
1: Bible,
2: eating eggs and bacon, raping my
5: subservient wife. That's a thing as well, where
1: his wife says to him, Oh, look at you, I haven't seen you like this since you were in seminary. And I expected him to sort it. And with those hips on you, I haven't seen you like this since you were inseminated. Ayo! Oh! And then, a fi- and then one of those fist bumps that he did earlier. Come on, come on! Yeah, Don't they're leave they're me really.
3: hanging.
2: Come on, come on!
3: Teenage daughter comes in, gives him a fist bump. Boom! And
2: they start kissing. <laughs> just kissing would with have tongue. made way better movie there. <laughs> um. So then, like, okay, so he takes his daughter daughter to school, and she glares at him angrily for being a bad dad. And then he comes home. Oh, but just before he gets home, that's where the other black person in this whole film is.
1: There's just an extra oh, really? who stood on, on the school grounds with his back to the camera, and it's like, hashtag black extras matter. You know, that's what I, that's what I thought as soon as I saw it.
3: <laughs> All extras matter. <laughs> Um, you missed it But it, during that scene He actually was shot By the police
4: <laughs> he was Standing there
3: Very suspiciously They were all They thought he was Trying to steal the camera So they, they killed him But it's fine He was very aggressively he's Standing there Violently
5: back into the camera yeah. yeah
3: Yeah yeah. So he does the Only smart decision He's made in this movie So far Which is to Use his Harvard Business skills To buy stocks Because he knows The future Because he's in a grand, Groundhog's Day Hell universe Right,
4: right.
5: Yeah He's using inside information here from yeah, a different uh-huh. dimension yeah. to inform his bed here. Right. It's very Transdimensional He's like a combination training. of
3: Martha Stewart and Doctor Strange. It's very hard <laughs> to do.
1: <laughs> but, but there's also an amazing thing as well when he sits down at the computer to buy all these stocks because uh, he just logs into his online bank account. Like, how did you have the information for your online joint bank account when you didn't know your daughter's name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you watch that scene closely, he puts his username in and the password auto-completes and I thought, well, that's very poor security. I mean, anybody who's got access to your computer. Could get right in here
2: and your Just bank wipe out your, your
5: $837, yeah. $837 I Nest egg
1: I, 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 <laughs> also, I also was so ridiculous that I, I Free-framed on his bank statement And one of the things, I don't know why it was there I don't know Who added it or why, but there was a, a line on his bank Statement, he was charged $67 uh, 84 cents for Digital addiction treatment Which is a really weird line <laughs> to put on there I don't what? know why that's on there, it's, it's there Digital addiction treatment It is
3: on there, he emailed me, I checked it, it is it's on there It's fucking there, there. <laughs> The other version <laughs> of Ben can't stop watching internet porn. <laughs> the of
1: this movie, he's he's a, that's canon. He's a fuck that's up. He's just canon. a fuck up. There's other version of Ben.
2: Everything was wrong with him. I'm I'm guessing honestly that that was probably like a side plot of the movie that got removed to get it down below two hours. <laughs> right. And then uh, then we get the birthday scene because they were quite literally just copying the script from Family Man at this point and taking out the risque parts. Right. Um, so, so he comes home and there's a surprise birthday. Uh, party waiting for him with his, his, uh, wife and daughter. Yeah. And his,
1: his wife accidentally blows out his surprise candle, which is basically a microcosm of the entire film at that point. It's like, <laughs> oh, you've ruined this for me, have you? Well done.
2: <laughs> I also thought it was funny. I, I, it didn't occur to me until this point, but in every scene in this movie, the wife is wearing a chemise. She's always wearing a dress, but like the, the, I, I would imagine she showed up on set every day and they're like, yeah, that's too much cleavage again. <laughs> she it's, was like, well, if you're going to let fucking
3: Jesse wear what she's wearing,
5: yeah, it's different. <laughs> Jesse doesn't
3: look like someone hung her upside down forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We were kind of hoping to hire Buffy and we kind of got Buffer.
4: <laughs>
3: you look like a badly loaded version of your younger self. <laughs> All pixelated and shit.
2: <laughs> oh shit. And also, they got him a, a DVD. Okay, so mm. this is his, his, his. Uh, birthday present is a DVD full of their old home movies, which assume I assume he's already got. So they give him that, and then
5: we watch that video
2: almost all the
5: way through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and part of it included the opening credits to the Wonder Years. as, far as <laughs> <laughs> throwing a football. And at then we Winnie see Cooper his wedding, sudden, and there were like sixteen Pfeiffer. people at his wedding. Said, "God,
1: his life <laughs> right. sucks. His life totally sucks." There's, there's only so twelve wedding. people at his wedding. What a bummer! <laughs> yeah,
3: <it's> <laughs> <awful>. <laughs> and because Christians aren't. Allowed to have fun because of their religion. There's a shot of him playing charades with other adults. Mm. Which, if you're playing charades with other adults, you should suggest everyone fuck each other. That is my, (laughs) my, if anyone, if I'm ever in a group of adults and someone's like, how about some charades? I'm gonna be like, how about we all fuck each other? Key (laughs) party? Because it's better than charades. If we're so desperate to be entertained, here,
2: go ahead, take a shot, man. So we watch a good, I don't know, like seriously, like six minutes of these home movies and him watching these home movies and the wife and daughters slowly falling asleep because even they're bored with this movie at this point. And when it's all over, he says, we got it pretty good, huh? Yeah, and, and to his you don't. He does
1: table. not. He has nope. it No,
2: no. He's in the middle of nowhere. No.
1: Decisively do not. Yeah, everything about your life. <laughs> your favorite meal is meatloaf. Your wife <laughs> is a moron. You have one color of shirt. Like, your life is just... You've got $800 in your bank account. Everything about you is
4: just shit. <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, now that he's finally realized that one can either be successful or a dad, and being a dad is okay, too, I guess we can take a quick break. But before we do, i got to give Act 3 this hard sell here. Will Ben give a better sermon the next time around? Will God's psychological torture scheme end with Sorbo getting waterboarded? Is the actress that played the daughter too young to lube up over? Find out the answers to some of these questions and more when we return for the exciting, when we return for the conclusion of What If? Where am I? Hi, Heath.
3: I'm your guardian angel You have been given the great what if From now on You will live like you had married your high school girlfriend And never left home It will be a chance for you to oh, Fuck! Oh! Shit! Oh, okay Okay, back it up, back it up
5: Alright, am I back to my normal life yet? Did that work? Uh,
3: okay, no, but hear me out This is gonna give you a chance to Oh! oh, oh come on! Oh! Back, back it up
5: Normal now? Back to normal? No,
3: but just... With, uh, no!
5: Normal now? I can do this shit all day.
3: Okay, fine, 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 fine. You can go back to being an atheist and a podcaster, but I want you to know, you missed out on a very successful ministry. Okay, <laughs> fine, let's get going. Listen, I try not to get too shappy on the show. I know that our listeners are here for laughs and not what I've got to say, but I just wanted to give a big thank you for... No one heath for creating this nuclear bomb of an opportunity uh, for me.
5: The nuclear. I mean the
3: support we have received from our patrons, and of course our our nuclear families uh, that that are also a huge part of this. I mean it's like a I I don't know I keep using nuclear blast of radiation and love because I will give you all the money I have, all encompassing, like a a nuclear blast. Probably best Uh. only explained in the words of someone genius, like Solomon Rushdie. You know, Solomon. I
5: have I have twelve dollars, but I can get a lot more if I ask around. I will give you all my money. So like.
3: Whether you're watching a a nuclear explosion with Solomon Rushdie or just sitting at home and there ain't nobody else there to see it.
5: This is the darkest of times. Nuclear. I hate you.
2: So we're back for a merciless 40 more minutes of this ridiculous fucking movie. (laughs) Starting with the obligatory I'm going to be a good dad now scenes. And we're going to start that with a Mm. fish upgrade.
1: Oh, the fucking fish. He buys the fish from Noah's Ark pet shop. And at that point I thought, oh, fuck off. Just (laughs) fuck off.
4: (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) And
1: even though he bought a fish from there and Noah didn't save the fish. The, the fish were fine. The fish just <laughs> carried on boat in the water. To save fish. All the evil fish still stuck about. Not a problem. <laughs> Which yeah. is, if you ever notice, fish are jerks. Yeah, fish, are absolute pricks. Fish are jerks.
2: And also, mixing the uh, fresh water with the salt water doesn't bother them at all. No, not even a little. So yeah, so he comes home with a new fish stuffer, the little girl uh, because you can buy your children's love. And now he has to uh, he has to make hot daughter happy too. So he goes to talk to her, and of course, using the same I'm-gonna-buy-you-shit method, he's now bought her... Tickets to the Toby Mac concert at the stadium. Which,
3: by the way, I looked up. Toby Mac is a Christian hip hop artist. Brilliant. Brilliant. Which is the worst <laughs> present you could possibly give someone, <laughs> right? If someone ever wanted to punish me for something, they would get me tickets to a Toby Mac
1: concert. Well, you, you yeah. can make it worse because you get to, you get some two tickets, so the daughter gets to go with a boyfriend. Don't worry, you'll be chaperoned by both of your parents sitting two rows behind you, just, right. to, yeah, just right. to really take the fun right out of that. The concert. moms
3: are going to be there, so keep it to mouth stuff.
2: <laughs> uh, also, also, <laughs> it's not even just you can take your boyfriend... I set you up with a guy. Can right. you imagine that? Like, is there any teenage girl in the fucking world that would actually be happy if dad came home and said, I set you up on a date with a Christian hip hop artist. Your mom's going to be sitting two fucking seats behind you. Why are you tying a noose, honey? Aren't you happy? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so now we've been building up to this for quite a while, but now that he's a good dad and everything, he can deliver his, his new and improved sermon.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah. that's at the church. The church, before we get into the church, we see the sign. The sign, oh, the, the right. little uh, d- letters on the, on the board spell out, a uh, free ticket to heaven, just ask inside. And I'm guessing that the asterisk fell off, so there's a footnote <laughs> at the bottom that you can't see where it says, all you gotta do is give up your sweet, happy, successful, philanthropic life with your committed <laughs> fiance. Also, no kids that's, right. that's what the, the footnote says on that, that sign. T-
3: that didn't fit on the sign, though. In their defense, Marsh, all that shit doesn't fit on the sign.
1: No, that information's that inside. Apply. When you go inside, they hand you t- a yeah. T's and C's. Right. right.
2: right. <laughs> so he's given this sermon. Now, I, I don't mean to brag here, but, like, if I wrote this sermon, it would be the worst thing I'd ever written.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've spent the last 12 hours of my life begging myself to stop throwing up, and it's better than the sermon that he wrote and delivered. My like, oh, please, just 10 minutes. I just want to sleep. And it's like, If I had done that at a pulpit, they would have been like, it's better than the Moses one. It is, it is better. It's not good. It's better.
2: And the message is just so bizarre, which is basically, I guess his message in this is supposed to be... Let God boss you around. Well, yeah. When God tells you to do something, you jump to
3: it, bitch. Right. Also, my favorite line from the sermon is where he's like, "Oh, I'll have your brother do it. Don't you tell me who I am. And so all of a sudden, God's a drunk dad. Don't you talk back to me. I'm the man of this. God's the fucking great Santini. He's going to bounce a basketball off your face. (laughs) (laughs) Don't
2: tell me where you can.
3: I made you. I'll <laughs> you tell can, you 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 want to be yeah. the Moses? Huh? You want to be the Moses? You the big man now? You the big man now?
2: <laughs> <laughs> also, I love this too because you know, we got the him making up with the daughters. Now we need him making up with the wife. So after the sermon, he goes home and she's, he's cooked her dinner. And she's like, this is the most romantic thing you've ever done. Mm. Chicken cordon on blue. Yeah, at 6.30, 6.30,
1: <laughs> dinner at home that he's made at, at 6.30 is the most romantic thing this guy has ever done for his wife. Cook dinner at 6.30. I'm,
2: I wrote in my notes, I go down, Christy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, like she wants to throw that out there. Right. I still have a thing from you for from, from Buffy, right. I'll admit it. I'll remember when you were fighting vampires and didn't look like a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> And so then they go for, they, they finish their, or they actually they don't finish their dinner, but no one ever does in movies. No. So then they decide to go for a walk down by the docks. And I, the present that he bought for just really reveals that this is old lady porn. Because what he bought her was a tacky old lady kitchen plaque from Etsy with yeah. a Bible quote on it. Oh, not even Etsy. This is
3: a Cracker Barrel plaque. <laughs> That's right, yes! Well, listen, I know I'm going to have to shit out these biscuits and gravy in 20 minutes, so why don't we wander around the gift shop until I squeeze out a loaf? You want to wait in the car and listen to NPR and cry again? No? Here, I got you a plaque that reminds you you're my property.
4: Yeah,
1: but it's like, so what repairs all of these relationships? You know, he buys the fish... He buys the tickets. Mm -hmm. He buys this gift for his wife. How can he do that? Because he made shitload of money on stocks because he's a businessman. Right. right, And he he, he saves the church from being termited to death because he's a businessman. It's all fucked if he says, you know what? I'm going to stay the pastor my entire life. I'm never going to be the businessman. It's just saying, leave your girlfriend, go into business. You can solve not only your own life, but everyone else's around you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and 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 they have no fucking idea that that's the message they're sending. Now, up until this point, the movie's just been stupid. It hasn't gotten to the point, I feel like, of truly offensive.
1: Yeah, this is a fun movie. There, there is one bit. There's one bit that's offensive in that conversation with his wife, where she's like, oh, how did you know how to do all that with the stocks? And he says, oh, you know, I, 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 the Lord moves in mysterious ways, she says, or something like that, uh, he says. And she just accepts it on face value. And then she says, is it weird that I find this incredibly romantic? It's like, yeah, it's fucking psychotic that you have an uncritical acceptance (laughs) of your husband taking all of your money and gambling it on the stock market when you know he has no ability or experience and it happens to turn out right. And that's what you find really romantic, that you are just (laughs) your role as a wife is to just accept whatever the fuck your husband does to back him unquestioningly and to just follow him. That is that, that is what's offensive here. It's fucking psychotic.
4: Talk, well, and, and talk to me ab-
5: about those call options again. Tell
1: me more
4: about yeah.
5: that. Tell me about that strike price one more
4: time.
3: <laughs> oh, what would it be like to be married to someone who learned a thing that's real? <laughs>
2: Well, everything about her uh, her role in this movie was offensive, or Mm -hmm. or her role in relation to him, I guess. But the truly offensive moment in this movie is the one coming up because while they're out at the boats, Cliff Clavin shows up and says, "Hey, there's an emergency down at the hospital, Ben. We need a priest or reverend or whatever the hell he is, because some atheist is going to die.
1: Right? And he's all alone. And he's presumably going to die because Cliffy punched him a bit too hard. I can only assume." <laughs> he just wailed on him.
2: <laughs> you can't I tried a little too insurance. hard on this one, man. <laughs> I need you for an alibi. And but yeah, so he's gonna go try to talk an atheist out of his atheism on his deathbed.
1: Well, before we get to the deathbed, there's a the receptionist.
2: Yeah. That, oh right, yes, yeah. That's that's where we have well. where she has to say like, "What you're here to see, Heinrich? Nobody likes him. He's an atheist." Yeah,
1: and then there's right. a point where she says something like, uh, all, "All I'm saying is that uh, he get, he better get used to trying to fit through the eye of a needle or something." And then Cliffy gives a little. He's
2: going looking down. for a small, be camel small camel and a, camel and a, large, a large needle. needle. Yeah, yes. exactly. And it's like and you're doing and the Cliffy hell joke. And you're a
1: receptionist <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> at a hospital where people are dying, and you're gloating over their deaths. You are the. You right. are, it's a succession of horrible Christians in this film. Let me let me just <laughs> say it this way
3: he's gonna burn in fire forever that sick man in there who's all alone and scared <laughs>
2: yeah exactly. good job, nurse crush it i'm the person <laughs> who takes care of him so i know and so he wanders in and there's this old guy there and the old guy he's trying to like get his pain medicine thing to work or whatever he's like can you fix my pain medicine and kevin sorber's like oh i'm a reverend i don't do useful stuff anymore no, sorry but i can
3: lecture at you about my invisible friend <laughs> yeah would you about,
1: like some of that vineyard management that's this amazing parable he tells about the, the vineyard. You know, oh God, oh, there, there's God. a guy who owns a vineyard who hires people throughout the day. And then the guy that he hires last, who only works an hour, he gives him exactly the same amount of pay as everyone who worked the entire shift. And the people who worked at the start of the morning are pissed. They're rightly pissed. They're rightly pissed. That's a shitty story and a shitty example. Yeah, and the, the guy who owns a vineyard is a vineyard is a terrible businessman who mis- right? fundamentally misunderstands economic theory.
5: <laughs> yes, and he's God in this. Scenario. Well, and, yeah. and
2: I also love that the way he gets him into this, like, because at first the atheist doesn't want to hear about Jesus, and the way he gets him into that parable is he says. Hey, would you like to tick off some religious people? And then mm. the atheist perks up, right? Like, that's how to get to right. an atheist Boy, heart. We're, we're just
5: doing this to piss you off. And that should piss so, off religious be, people. Absolutely. It's a dumb lesson.
3: To be fair, though, I did write in my notes when he's... I, I wrote in my notes, how would you like to tick off some religious people? I wrote, I'm listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he's... Then, so this convinces the atheist. is mm-hmm. like, you're right, how do we do this? And Kevin Sorbo says, well, there is no magic spell. All we need to do is say a bunch of words that were written in a book two thousand years ago. <laughs> that and then we magical eat some bread that turns into flesh <laughs> and drink some wine that's turned into blood. But there's no magic spell to this.
2: No, we call it something different than that, or we'll feel stupid.
1: <laughs> but it's literally like there's no magic spell. You just have to pre- repeat these precise words after me. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> there's no magic spell. Just you know, magic, magic spell. <laughs> we it's, it's uh. a magic milk And uh, okay, all right. I at least have to say this. Like, this is the meanest fucking thing you could possibly do to a dying person other than rape them. I I, I mean, you're going to go to a dying fucking man who's, like, obviously, like, his brain is not going to be working. And full, he's terrified of everything he and shit. He wants
3: more morphine. He's not ready for a fucking theological debate.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And my guess is that this poor guy has gone through this plenty in 74 fucking years. If you lived as an atheist in the goddamn Calvinist den of Grand Rapids, Michigan, he's been hearing this shit every day for his entire fucking life. And now he's got, like, one fucking hour left to go. And he's like, oh, God, at least there's no religious people here. And boom, here comes Kevin Sorbo. Hey, it's me. Yeah. Like, hey, Sorbet. The, the, the Christians think they're doing you a favor for this. And, it's, it, like, you see this so often in Christian movies. It's like, oh, they saved him just in time. It's like, no, you're being an incredible asshole. Just, like, you could for just a second, imagine that. Imagine that you're dying. You're about to die. And I show up to try to tell you how bullshit Jesus is right then.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Or better yet, we send an imam to tell you that now
3: that you're a Christian, you should know that uh, Muhammad came afterwards and that you're going to burn in hell forever if you don't accept Islam. Everyone right. would be like, go, shoot him. Yeah,
2: exactly.
4: Yeah, yeah. We
3: need
2: to put him on a registry.
3: All the people from this movie would not be okay with sending an
2: imam to send the real truth to a Christian. Right, of course. Right. And they have no idea that that's exactly the same thing, apparently. Right. Um, so let me let me cheer myself up. Black person sighting. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah.
5: Cliff and the Black Angel approve of what they've seen.
1: And did you see the thing with the Black Angel where Black Angel and Cliff do a special little bra handshake? <laughs> yes. It's, they, well, they, it's yeah, the they, second they, black person <laughs> in the entire film. We've got to acknowledge that. We can't let that pass uncommented.
2: We have to have and a cliche <laughs> black handshake thing, yeah. And yeah. It
5: was definitely, like, a, a compromise. The director was like, can you do one of those cool, like, you know, highly involved black guy... Uh, handshakes with cliffy is no no I, I will do a fist bump at absolute most maybe a simple fist. how about bump.
2: one of the up downs and then the bump okay i'll go up down and then the fucking bump but no and 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 then you say no we gotta have another
3: conversation about this thing. no because i was using it like i was talking like you i was talking like you i mean you people
2: i mean you I'm gonna vote for Carson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So then, um, then we get Kevin's forgiveness prayer as he explains to, uh, to Heinrich Himmler, I mean, Heinrich Zimmerman, how to, um, how to pray correctly. I love that they give the evil atheist guy a German name too. I mm-hmm. Also,
3: he does at some point say, I've done things. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what kind of things? Yeah. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Mm-hmm. Do you mean the like, I stole, are we doing Ray Comfort, I stole, I lied about what was in the cookie jar? Or do you have is is the foundation of your business Nazi gold? I'm, really, I'm really interested because I want to know where how sympathetic I should be to this character.
1: And then, as as the character is praying with uh, with Sobu as well, and Sobo says something, and then he has to repeat it, and then after a little while, that character says, "You know, can I follow you quietly in my head so that the cameras can slowly, dramatically pan on you through this very dramatic speech that we're <laughs> so we can reflect that what you're saying is a lot more about yourself than about me? You know, that's kind of what that whole scene is just right. doing. While Sobo slowly, as he's saying these words, he realizes he's. He's speaking about himself. and In many ways, I'm, I'm telling my own truth here. <laughs> That's what that whole yeah. speech is. It's fucking so paper thin.
3: I, in my head, though, the reason why he was like, do you mind if I don't say it out loud, if I say it in my head, is because he was just like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I
1: changed my mind. Yeah, it's because he, he, he found the way of making the morphine button work. Fucking, while, while Kevin Sorbo's
3: talking, he's just like, fuck you. Fuck you. Well, it, it, Fuck you. I think it's
2: probably more like in his head. He said, "You know what? In seventy six years, the one thing I've learned is how to get rid of a goddamn Christian, um, <laughs> the the fastest possible." So yeah. So now the angels are watching over him. Go and and the black guy, by the way, is the atheists guardian angel i guess and he's mm-hmm. like man right. i've been trying to get him to turn to the lord for f- f- 70 years and your guy comes in and does it in five minutes so we also learned that the black angel's not very good at his job he's an yeah, underperformer yeah, yeah. but he, he's got he's got a good fist bump and then there's a phone call they're still in the hospital mind you but cliff answers it and
5: it's god yeah god is calling him on the phone. On a landline. They can't get, like, a burner cell phone for the team of angels. It's a landline at a hospital.
2: <laughs> well,
1: I, I think the issue is that uh, what if someone's, like, what if the receptionist is using the phone? Does God ring? and it, dude? <laughs> oh, no. I, I'm going to have to ring back. I'm going to have to ring back in five. I'm oh, sure well, I'm it will be up in a minute.
2: I'm, I'm <laughs> God. I can't hold. It'll look bad. It'll just look <laughs> right. bad. God, why
3: haven't they changed the music? That's my next (laughs) commandment.
2: Write that down, Gabriel. Write that down. (laughs) They gotta have like
3: sweet tunes on there, like fucking Phil Donahue. You know what I'm saying? Like no jacket required.
2: So then we have. um, So this is God calling Cliff Clavin Clavin to tell him that he's got to take K-Sorbs back to his old life. The horrible life. It's for no
3: reason. It seems just to make the people in the old universe unhappy. The only if, yeah. he, so he's sending him back to the universe and spoiler alert, he's gonna go and he's gonna find his girlfriend, he's gonna because now he's a Christian, he wants to be that person. Mm-hmm. So the only reason to remove him from this universe is to hurt and sadden and impoverish the people from the other universe because he's going to change his life. While destroying
2: yeah. the people from this universe. Yes, since it's right. now served its purpose. And like and Kevin was like, Well, why would God do something so mean? and I'm like because God's an evil jackass. Have you heard of that urethra fish that just jumps up into your dick?
4: Like, he yeah, had man, to do that on book purpose. Is not yeah. a good
2: guy. No. Why would Voldemort hurt somebody? No, right. Yeah, man, read his book. <laughs> read his book. So and of course, guess how he guess how uh, Cliff is going to end this interaction and get him back to where he wakes up in the hospital. Take a wild guess. He steals the keys, slips
1: on the wet floor, and does a proper home alone bad guys. Yeah, slips, <laughs> legs straight up in the air, fall flat down on your back, bang, he's out. Shoes at that and point. socks
2: pop out. off like fucking uh, Charlie Brown missing the football. Yeah, he exactly. Explodes <laughs> at the end. Yeah. That's a brown oblong ball, by the way, Marsh, in case you were curious. Yeah, yeah. We haven't no got time to get into no. why you're wrong about that, so, just blazing straight through. so now he wakes up at the hospital. I was playing some football with Wally. with petrol, we
3: did. Used my solid ivory butt plug.
2: It's fine. Anywho, so now he wakes up at the hospital, and uh his mean, uh horrible fiance that seems to love him enough to sit next to him for hours and hours while he wakes up at the hospital but is such a bitch that she's texting while she's doing it apparently she's just supposed to sit there silently and, and this is the thing
1: as well, she's a bit pissy with him, and this is the first time we've seen her be pissy anywhere near him. In the start, when he was, like, getting married to her, everything was sweetness and light, she seemed like, well, she's a bit interested in the ring. I, I've been engaged, they get a bit interested in the ring. They do, it <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's not unnatural. But now, after he's had this whole revelation, suddenly his fiance seems like an annoying person, which we didn't see before.
2: Right, yeah, now she's just a horrible bitch. So basically... If you follow the logic of this movie, this guy takes his car out, gets knocked unconscious, wakes up, and he's like, I don't love you anymore. And that's right. like, that's what God was going for. Yeah, right. break a house. I,
3: I said, this is like if Scrooge woke up, and the first thing he did is ran to the window and threw a snowball at that little kid. <laughs> he was like, what day is it? Wednesday, poof, gotcha, faggot. I'm a Christian now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he decides to completely dis, uh, change his his life plans based on head trauma. Good yeah. call.
3: It's the head injury school of theology. Yes. The head injury <laughs> school of theology.
2: Right, so now he he runs out of the hospital again. Bad decision. The doctors are saying, you know, you took a hell of a blow there. You're probably still concussed. Uh, it wouldn't be very healthy for you to be, um, you know, driving and whatnot. And he's like, yep, don't give a shit. I had a head trauma dream, so I got to go make patch things up with my ex. My fifteen and a half years ago girlfriend. Who
1: somehow he just knows hasn't been like married or had an entire life or have moved on at all in the intervening 15 years. And we know that's true because women in this film only exist for the benefit of Kevin Solvay. They're not here for anything else. They're just set dressing.
3: Listen, if you buy a lamp and then throw that lamp away, it was always your lamp. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how women are in this movie. And in pure flicks in general. Right. So he goes to the
1: bus station. Of course he does. It's cyclical. Right. It's beautiful. <laughs>
4: yeah, It's exactly. had a nick
1: of paint in 15 years. It has been painted.
2: <laughs> no.
3: It's the Rashomon of Christian movies. Yeah. It, well, no, <laughs> well, and, and the bus station is
2: aged in the exact same way that the characters have aged, you know, 15 and yeah. a half years later. And so, yeah, so he runs into her there. And at first, she's acting like this would be like, like you would if you ran into somebody you dated 15 and a half years ago. Yeah. Like, hey. Right. It's kind of nifty to see you. Let me give you a hug. And then he's like, I love you. I haven't seen you in 15 and a half years. And at this point, she's like restraining order. You yeah, know, you right. you sound like you've got murals of me painted with your own blood at home, bro. Back
5: the fuck off! Are you stalking me right. so you can fulfill the prophecy of a dream hallucination you had about Cliff Clavin from Cheers? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That's what's happening. Oh, okay. I'm gonna need you to
3: step right into the electric part of this taser.
1: <laughs> but what she said to him as well, she's oh, you know, we should we should we should catch up. Do you have like an email address or a cell phone or something? And it's like, no, I'm just a high flying businessman that you wrote to in order to ask for money that I. Gave you money. You know my postal address, but you can't remember how long it's been since uh, I, I, you know, you last saw me, and you don't know how to get in contact with me. But you can beg for money. Like, who's in charge of her fundraising here? It's it's just ridiculous.
2: Well, and it's also like 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 that would be perfectly natural. Like, okay, so if you were possessed of the insane and an always bad idea of getting back together with your ex from fifteen years ago, like the way to do that would be, at, at least in this situation, yes, here's my email, please. Get in touch. It was so nice to hear from you. I'd really mm-hmm. like to catch up. I'm a rich guy that can fly to Paris whenever the fuck he wants to. I think I can get from Grand Rapids to Chicago to see you occasionally. <laughs> it's like a three and a half hour drive. But instead she's like, instead he's like, love
3: me? Yes, and okay. she's like,
1: yeah. Well, <laughs> initially she's not. Initially she's like, I've got to, have got to get go on the bus. I'm sorry, I've got to go. And she gets on the bus and she's got no reason not to get on the bus because she hasn't had in- intervention from God. It's right, just a guy she hasn't seen for fifteen years. Right. She's now seen for thirty seconds. He said, "I love you." You know, her life has she just had her entire life on hold for fifteen years, right. waiting for this bus. Uh, this bus scene—it's ridiculous. But when the bus
3: pulled away, I wrote in my notes. Please, please,
1: please let this be credits.
3: Please yes,
2: let the yeah. credits. Oh, dude, crazy. I had, I had, I will cut off a finger like a yakuza for this movie to end right now. <laughs> um, but the so the bus pulls away, and wouldn't you know it? Cliff Clavin is the bus driver. It's like Pixar; they can't afford another guy. And when the bus pulls away, she's standing behind it. You know that picture on Wikipedia? If you look up cliche, the one where the yeah, bus pulls yeah. up and she's still behind it. Yeah, that.
4: Yeah, right.
1: And and I was was hoping she'd be, like, holding her jaw from the knockout punch that he gave her. (laughs) That would have have topped it off. That would have really topped it off.
3: That bus driver asked me if I could feel pain on a bus.
2: (laughs) 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 I got the fuck off. I love it. Yeah. So, and now we flash to eight years later. And this is so fucking bizarre. And I don't think they realized how bizarre this is because... We flash to eight years later, and now he's living out one of the scenes from the mm-hmm. DVD that we watched earlier. Yeah.
3: But 15 like, years later in time. What, well, 23 so, years later in
2: time. 23, yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, so it doesn't make any sense. But everything
1: looks exactly the same. He's, he's got, like, a, a quite an old-looking digital handheld camera. It's like, where's his iPhone? You know, just like, right. it's, this is 2018. What we're looking at is the future. Well, it like, becomes <laughs> sci-fi at this point.
2: <laughs> well, it felt like it too. It felt like we were watching the end of a time travel movie that didn't really think it through, like loopers or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, and and like like the, I liked Looper. The, the daughter's name is this. Really? Like that that the third act of that is nothing but him hiding in a fucking field. Anyway, so right. and then he shoots Bruce Willis, and that
3: makes the little boy disappear. I got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so to be fair, I was facing the other way. I was not watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening to it.
2: That movie's best if you have a hood on your head and a bunch of gold bars strapped around your back. Yeah. So. Uh, So, okay, so, like, I think we kind of already answered this, but I want to ask if anybody has any any thoughts on, like, who the audience is for this movie. Because, like, I watched this on Netflix. This thing has four and a half fucking stars on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So somewhere out there in the world, there is a kind of person that gets to the end of this movie and says, exactly. That's the way it is. So who the fuck is that? Oh, this is exclusively
3: for reverence to show their wives when they have to take a third job at the fucking gas and sit. And they're like, you see, would you want a Kevin Sorbo? Yes. More than anything in the world, I would want a Kevin Sorbo. You didn't notice, but I was flicking the bean to the first half of the movie where he had money and was taking her to Paris. I would trade everything. I would kill Cliff the Angel. I would suck his dick until he died for anyone but you.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, I'm giving this movie four and a half stars. All right, well, Marcia, as you may or may not be aware, we don't do thumbs up, thumbs down type ratings on this show as none of the movies we watch are worth a thumb erection. <laughs> Instead, we opt for rating by analogy. So I'm going to let Heath and Eli show you how it works first and then we'll get your thoughts on this as well. So, Heath, what would you say is the least comfortable thing that you could do with a crowbar
5: that would still be better than this movie? I guess I'd rather talk to my parents about their favorite orgasms while holding a crowbar to see this movie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you know, if there were demonstrations involved that included the crowbar, I might watch the movie well, depending on who it was using the crowbar, but yeah so you you got the idea somewhere in between those two things.
2: all right now, while I try to get the thought of uh Heath's mom fucking herself with a crowbar out of my head, we'll
5: turn to Eli well, I thought she was with uh, welcome dad. to my world <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, I thought that was a great segue into eli so uh so Eli, what is the worst thing that your fiance could tell you right before your wedding? that would still be better than this movie?
3: Uh, I have some tweets from the people who listen to the Cognitive Dissonance episode <laughs> that I'd like to read as my vows. <laughs> you made it up. That's what you did. You invented the story because you're an SJW. You didn't... Uh, well, sure, Prop 1 is true, but you know, I that professor was just trying to have a conversation, and you, an unreliable... I was. Bo- <laughs> Christine Summers is a saint. <laughs> no. th- I've never seen Thunderfoot say anything. That is. I didn't Google Christine Summers rape so I don't know. You fucking ass God. Never again. Never again. Dick jokes. Yes, sir. Yes, on. sir. God, I leave it. Should have left it to the smart guy. I said it on Thomas. I have a. I have two smart guys. I should have left it to the fucking smart
2: guys. Oh, and finally, Marsh. What's the worst job that you could have that would still be better than coming to work with us watching this kind of movie all the time?
1: Oh, God, this isn't even even a hard thing for me. The worst job you could have is having to sit in a room trying to uh, explain to 30 different homeopathic patients why it's not a bad thing that their homeopathy is going to go away when they all know that you're a professional skeptic and then start looking daggers at you and you are there for two and a half hours having to explain people regression to the mean and uh, the the way that you can do a, a clinical trial. And you have... All of the oldest people, the 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 most kind of uh, uh, confused people, hating every second that you're breathing. I would literally rather go back into that room that I literally spent my afternoon in than have to watch this film again. Hey,
2: Marsh. Hey, Marsh.
1: Yeah. You're a big pharma shell. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've got to say, like, I love the fact that we've got like a guest on, and that Eli's on, and, and 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 even Heath's on, all in situations where like their week was so bad that watching this movie wasn't the worst part of it. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. <laughs> How is it that 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 Heath hasn't had a chance to be like, yeah, all this family stuff I'm going through. Thank you for support. Me and Marsh have had to be like, and then they were like, "Water's magic," and I was like, "Fuck you, don't you, tweet me from the head, you pieces of shit." And he's just like, "Yeah, I hope Dad remembers my name next week." <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced nuclear <laughs> uh,
2: Well, he, Marsh, I cannot thank you enough For all you suffered through to be here with us today uh, So I'm not even going to try But before we let you go Tell me, if our listeners wanted to hear more from you Where might they go to find you?
1: Uh, I think the, the thing that fits this show the best is you've got a Skeptics with a K on uh, on iTunes. That's probably the the closest me uh, to what you heard on this show. I also am a very professional and reasonable and polite person on a podcast called Be Reasonable, where I listen to people who are completely wrong about everything. Uh, and then occasionally I do stuff around about as well. So uh, if you find me there, you'll find me anywhere, basically.
2: Well, thanks again for being part of the show this week, man. Thank you. Thank you. And well, that does it for our review of What If. That's not going to quite do it for the episode yet since we haven't gotten y'all hard and throbbing over next week's show. So Eli, tell us what's on deck. Silver bells. Christmassy awesome christmas <laughs> yeah listen there are like
3: 875 christian christmas movies mm-hmm. so we're gonna bang them out this month guys.
2: <laughs> we're <bang> them out. <laughs> we've got several yeah it looks like this one is about a uh a man being court ordered to serve as a strong man for an underachieving anti-lgbt christian hate group yeah also known as uh the salvation army
3: yeah exactly well what i love about this is it's it's your classic, like, bad guy gets forced to do good and learns to be better. Mm-hmm. Except bad guy is getting forced into one of the most heinous organizations you can. This right. is like, this is basically like, <laughs> Josh Rulin didn't mean to hit that kid with his car, and now he's gotta join the Nazi youth for six months <laughs> to learn what sharing's really about. Right, yes!
2: <laughs> yeah, it's The Annoying Guy with the Bell at Kmart, the movie. Right, yeah, should be exciting Green
5: light. Go movie.
2: <laughs> so with all that to look forward to, we'll bring episode 16 to a merciful close. Need to thank Marsh for being part of the festivities tonight. Again, if you'd like to check out either of his podcasts or learn more about the Mercy Side Skeptics, you'll find a link on the show notes for this episode. Also, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an extended edition of every episode. You can also help us out a ton by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to check out our simple shows The Scathing Atheist and the Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. All the music used in this episode was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following the links on the show notes for the episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm no illusions promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a guy from Brooklyn telling you to fuck yourself.
4: Fuck you.